it's the True Achievements Podcast. On today's show, Xbox on, we discuss our likes and dislikes for the new console. Game of the Generation results are in and they're bio-shocking. Can the new Need for Speed rival Forza 5? Oh my god, they made South Park. Stick of Truth release date confirmed. And Alara Tomb Raider, Definitive Edition on the way. All this and more on your next gen testing, digital embracing, kiddie game playing, True Achievements Podcast. the True Achievements Podcast for December. As always, I'm your host, OSU Blue Jacket, otherwise known as Jay. Joining me this month, like most months, well, like pretty much every month, uh, we have Michelle, otherwise known as Matriarch. Say hello, Michelle. Hello. Not this month either. Sorry, Jay. Damn it! Curses! <laughs> All right. You were naughty listed. Um, I couldn't. Uh, sorry. Yeah. All right. And we've also got the guy you want to hear from. We've got Rich, otherwise known as True Achievement. Say hello. Hello. Xbox One in the house. Woo. Xbox One in the house. And it should also <laughs> be noted that the time we are recording, it's pretty late for Rich. We're up past his bedtime. Yeah. So if things cool. get a little loopy, you're all going to know why. Michelle and I are probably having a cocktail or two, and Rich is fighting sleep deprivation. Um, so hopefully yeah. it'll be a fun ride. Rich is um, washing up the cocktail glasses. Oh, goodness. Uh-oh. Um... All right. Well, let's jump right into it. Obviously, uh, big things happened past couple of weeks. The Xbox One launched. Uh, I know, Rich, both you and Michelle picked up your ones. Absolutely. Uh, I think, Rich, you had a little more extensive experience because Michelle was busy with other gaming matters, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, Rich, um, why don't you just give us your, your first impressions on, on your new baby? And not Daisy. Okay. Daisy's your old baby at this point. That old baby, yeah. <laughs> this is your new she's, baby. She's been sadly neglected for the last two weeks. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. If welfare are listening, that was a gag. If Daisy learns to respond to voice commands and gestures, you'll start to play with her again. <laughs> she does a little bit, but um, yeah, not quite as well. Um, okay, Xbox One arrived. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, unboxing event. And uh, plugged it all in, set it all up. It's really simple setup procedure, I have to say. Um, very few cables, just HDMI, power. That was it. Um, and I was concerned. In fact, Michelle, I think we shared concerns in the last podcast about how long the half yes. gig mm-hmm. uh, day one patch would take to download and install. But um, I timed mine uh, for the purposes of podcast. And uh, it was three and a half minutes to download and install, which is uh, pretty impressive for half a gig. Was your Um, experience? My experience probably was, but um, in all honesty, knowing that it was a largish download, I started my Xbox and let it start running its setup and walked into another room. So uh, I I was not being scientific about it. I couldn't leave the room. I was too excited. I sat there watching the progress bar. I kept checking back in, and I had seen people throughout the day who were saying, oh, you know, my progress bar only got to 4%, and then I let it sit for a while, and it wound up, it did install, and so I was like, you know what, it's watch pot never boils, I'm just going to yeah, turn point. it on and, and step away, and, and by the time I got, it couldn't have been more than 10 minutes, it was already set up and did what it had to do, so it wasn't long at all. 
no, it was fine. And um, yes, but then I had to leave it. So I, I um, as you guys know, we got a free game in the UK, um, which was, uh, in my case, FIFA 14. Um, and I, we didn't get the disc in the box. It was a QR code on a bit of card, mm-hmm. um, as well as a 25 character old school marketplace code um on the same bit of card but um it's very cool you just go uh, xbox uh, user code and then connect sort of turns on the camera uh, appears on the screen and you just hold up the qr code to the connect and it scans it in straight away no typing of 25 characters uh, no doubt getting them wrong the first time you do it and having to go back and check, <laughs> and check. so that was sweet um instantly I've redeemed heard... Yeah, I've heard that that's really awesome. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, they could have done that with the 360. Um, the tech was already there, but it just seemed like such a neat right. little um, feature. It was very cool. So that was quite impressive. And then that was a huge download. I can't remember how many gig, probably several. Well, it must have been close to 10 gig, I would imagine, if not more. Uh, so I just left that downloading. But what I did notice um, was that you can start playing the games before they're completely downloaded. Yes. So mm-hmm. um, even, I think it said... Uh, within like eight percent of it downloading that it was playable which is really cool um i didn't play it because i was working on the site obviously um xbox one launched and challenges appeared um and progress and all that stuff needed to be written into ta so basically for the first 36 hours of me having my xbox one it sat there completely unplayed (laughs) just downloading stuff which was a real shame um because I was working on on getting all the stuff onto TA as quickly as possible. But as soon as I'd done that, I got to have a proper go with it. And um, yeah, um, first impressions of the dash, very clean, I thought. Uh, incredibly clean. I imagine it will get more and more cluttered uh, as, the, as the months go by. But yeah, really easy to navigate. Um, connect controls using voice commands, really simple. Um, no problems with that at all. And uh, we talked about the controller. I obviously, I held the controller before at Gamescom. And my one uh, abiding memory of Gamescom use was that the shoulder buttons were really clicky. Uh, but I pretty much got used to that almost immediately. And I thought I would do once mm-hmm. we started playing games. You sort of, you get over all that stuff. And um, I love the analog. Con- the, the sticks are a little bit smaller, a little bit looser. Um, the pads are a tiny bit smaller as well, I would say. But generally, it's a it's a great controller, and it feels very similar to the 360, which um, I think we all think is is pretty much perfection. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm loving the controller. And um, the one other thing I wanted to say was the headset that came in the box, which just snaps into the bottom of the controller, um, is really clear. Like audio mm-hmm. on party chats, even cross continent, is very very clear. A big improvement on the 360. Um, which even even that was pretty decent, perfectly usable. But um, now we're we're a whole new level. It, is, it does feel like HD sound right. in party chat, which which is cool. So now we can hear twelve year olds screaming for chocolate milk in crystal clear. <laughs> yes, that's, that's you can awesome. hear abuse. <laughs> yeah, I finally got around to being in party chat for the first time last night on Xbox One. And I mean, people sound different. Like you really don't realize that there is a, a definitive lack in audio quality on the 360 with the packet headset. I don't use a Turtle Beach typically, although I will be now. I just received one, but um, I had it before. And when I got on the one, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. I'm like, wow, you don't you don't sound anything like I remember you sounding. It's it's so much nicer. They they really did a nice job upping whatever they did for the audio quality. Yeah, it's not just the headset itself. I think it's actually the the bandwidth that's yeah. used for the calls and the compression. It's um, 
it's it's all improved because I had a decent headset on the 360, but even that wasn't anywhere near as as clear as this is. Right. And then, did you actually start a party? Like when I actually jumped into an Xbox One party, it was already open. I was over a friend's house, so he was already in party. I just jumped on the headset for a second. But I hear there's some like the parties are kind of difficult to find, or it's a little like weird to get parties started. Have you? No, I had any no that? problem um, inviting someone into a party. Yeah, I initiated the party. Um, the weird thing is, they join the party, and then you have to turn party chat on after that. Oh, It seems okay. really odd thing, so it's an extra click that is entirely okay. unnecessary. And it's not um, just a one-off, because that's what I assumed the first time I did it. I was like, oh, maybe you just need to turn this on once, and that's it forever. But every time you start a party, you then need to turn party chat on, which seems a very odd thing to do. Surely initiating a party would be enough to say, yeah. oh, yeah, I want to <laughs> party chat. So that's a bit weird. Well, there's, there's also um, stuff they're working out. Like, like um, right now, friends don't show as popping online like they do when you're playing your 360. Yeah, there's no notification. Like, there's no notification for, for them. So that's that's a little different and something that will probably be sorted out in future updates. Or maybe there's just a setting I haven't found yet. But um, No, there's not. And that's a weird choice. I mean, that's clearly a design decision. That's right. something that was an existing feature that they've consciously removed. Um, so there must be a reason for that. I guess, I, I, I imagine they've been trying to cut down notifications because um, obviously with the TV integration, uh, which I haven't personally tried yet because there's problems with it in the UK, obviously you don't want notifications popping up constantly when you're watching TV. And if you had friend notifications on, mm-hmm. then that would happen, wouldn't it? Because right. you're effectively in on the console well, while... not necessarily though because i think when you're using netflix on the 360 you can turn notifications off while you're using netflix I so it, it won't right, affect okay. your i've never done that yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i i don't think that, that that's i think they're probably thinking ahead about the whole like you can have a thousand friends now and that that's a lot more people popping on and off and on and off right i mean mostly yes. like even if you have a full list 100 people on your list right now maybe 30 of them on a busy night or active at any given time. If you have a thousand people now popping in and out, I, I, I yeah. imagine that was part of the decision more than, because I think apps can independently have the notifications not work within that app. I think that's already present. So I, I don't think right, the TV okay. integration is so much a part of it. So have you tried the TV integration? Um, not properly in a way. Like I don't, I don't have cable. So like if you talk about, like I haven't hooked it through a, a satellite or through a cable box or anything like that mm-hmm. um but i did hook up my 360 through the one um and as was said before i haven't had a lot of time to actually play it yet but i played around with it the first couple days and just kind of the things it could do and setting up voice commands because tv does work here in the states so you know I, I mean it was the most thrilling thing when i'm sitting there at my tv i'm like okay what can i try xbox mute and the tv just mutes oh that's amazing you know like i just <laughs> i imagine like family being over and not wanting to hear something on the tv and just shouting that and them all being like upset with me and like loving my ultimate power over my Xbox. Um, but they, um, like that stuff is, it's cool the way that it's integrated. I've only ever tried actually hooking my 360 into the one. Now I actually heard that when you do that, it can cause some latency issues with like, if you're playing a 360 through your Xbox one, I heard that too. And, um, I haven't really gotten back, gone back to check it myself. I actually was playing, um, Phineas and Ferb when I did that. Um, and so I, you know, I, which requires manual dexterity, like you would, like, <laughs> if you do not have, you know, pinpoint accuracy and, you know, 
twitch fibers going all through your your gaming body you're just never going to get anywhere in that game so really this is a really good benchmark well okay thank you for yes sorry <laughs> no it's okay i have nothing to contribute to this conversation right now i gotta but, jump in but you somehow. will because you're gonna get a even though it's going to be on the 360 you really have to have one for Titanfall, right? That's that's what you're going to do? Yes. That's, okay. Yeah, I'm, I am not going to play any of these bridge games on the 360. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, I actually said to somebody when I was playing that game, I said, you know, I the controls are kind of laggy. I don't know what it is. So, And then when I played it, I, I disconnected my 360 and hooked it back into the TV directly. But the controls are still kind of off, so I don't really know. <laughs> I see if you. You were drunk. It is, or uh, yeah, that's <laughs> in order to get through this experience. I mean, my completions have been great this month, but my God, the stuff I've played. So, um, so yeah, I don't. I, I have heard that I didn't experience a lot of lag issues. Like when I was on the dashboard doing, like just going through and checking stuff, it was fine. So, um, but I've heard other people where it's a very significant delay. Right. So okay. I, I don't I don't know, and I don't know if it's the TV type you have or, or whatever it may be. And I'll check it out again because that's really the only object I have that I can use through the three through mm-hmm. the one. So just check it out and see how it works. But it it was just cool to see, and I got to use the snap feature when I was doing that. Yeah. And um, have you played with that at all? No, that is on my list of things to do. Literally, I've just used it as a 360 with more grunt at the moment. I haven't really <laughs> I haven't really played around with any of the extra features, which is a shame. Uh, yeah, the reason I haven't done the TV stuff here is the um, Basically, British TV outputs at 50 hertz, um, oh. 50, 50 frames a second, whereas um, the Xbox One mm-hmm. is at 60. So apparently there's mm-hmm. some judder um, when you plug in a Sky, which is our pretty much only satellite TV provider here. Um, and so I, ha- I haven't even bothered trying that yet, but um, okay. that's not ideal. You well, think they think of that before. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> No, but you know they had a lot of issues with that, right? With different launch markets, like the Connect doesn't, the Connect voice commands don't work in Ireland, I think. So uh, that's still, interesting. Like, when I chose, when I, when I did setup, actually, it asks you for your re- not only the country but your region. So, are you like a Cockney Londoner? It's, it's, it actually said that was one of one of the voice things. <laughs> <laughs> Call blimey, gaffer, turn on it. So, so the Xbox so One is going to ask, do, do do you need to be in My Fair Lady? Do we need to talk about where the rain in Spain falls? <laughs> Uh, it's quite funny, but luckily there's there's a Manchester setting, so Dave K's fine. You keep ragging on Dave yeah. K and his accent. <laughs> That's so mean. He had a go at me about that the other day, actually. I know. I'm only, I'm only joshing, Dave. Sorry, mate. I know. He gives us this wonderful music, and we just rag on his accent for podcast well, after podcast. Slay him. Not fair. But the snap, the snap feature is cool, though. Like, I don't think you need to do it through TV. I think it's just any other application. Yeah, anything you can snap. Yeah. And it's it's. We need to test Skype and things like that on it. Yeah, we really should. It would. And I, I just, I think I just like saying commands at my Xbox because it's the only thing that routinely listens to me. So that was. <laughs> I was just having a good time with with that sort of stuff, you know, Xbox Snap TV full screen and just seeing it. Are do you all that using stuff. the Xbox Turn On functionality? No, I really, sadly, I haven't had my one hooked. Like it's been hooked up, but um, I I just I haven't really used it, so I've had no reason since my 360 isn't hooked up through my one right now. I'd have to hook that up and then change video inputs to use my 360. Oh, so well, I am using that, and it's very cool. So you just walk into the room and go Xbox On, and it it turns on and that's actually a choice so um when during setup it asks you if you want it to be completely off when it's off right. or in sort of standby mode but it's not obvious by looking at it that it's in standby mode it looks like it's completely off 
Yeah. There's no sound. There's no lights. There's no nothing. I wonder how um, much but power as soon as you say, like, I, I, well, that would be interesting yeah. to to find out. I don't know how you find that out. But, I mean, I think they had spoken about that beforehand when people talked about the the one of the many things Microsoft was um, addressing during their PR my uh, nightmare during the summer <laughs> um, was about power usage, and I think they had said that it was clocked at a very small amount of usage. You know, they they compared it to something else that was very minimal. So I I don't recall, but I I think that question had been asked and addressed. It's really not substantial. But I know um no. ISP providers right now, internet service providers are actually um beginning to have issue with this because the PS4 and the Xbox One both draw so much bandwidth because everything is yeah, streaming that they're they're now like whoa, whoa, whoa wait 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 this is cool but um this is a lot of data so that might yeah. be an issue that's coming up in the future is how they're, they're going to respond well hopefully um, it's going to give american can. companies a kick in the pants to really get fiber optic going because yeah. for being as techno you know techno technological being the tech lovers that we are in America, our yeah. high-speed internet, <laughs> high internet access and variety is just garbage compared to like right. many yeah. countries in Europe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that aside, the one is I I I know I I'm so impressed with it, even though I've barely used it. I can't wait to get in and, and use it more. I actually thought the dashboard was busy though like i um did you i did but you know coming from the 360 i think it may just even just be the interface that it's that dark background with the kind of the popping yeah. of the tiles like i felt overwhelmed like i got like the many stages of new console ownership like i was all excited and ready to get out and then impatient because it wasn't working and then i had an audio issue actually i had to call microsoft to get sorted there was something with my tv and then oh, wow. after all that i finally sit down and play it and there was just so much stuff but there's only two pages there's only like the first main page and then there's the store on the right there's not like pages and pages right, and pages but, that they and I heard that was they, that um, Microsoft did that just so that people would be more inclined to use connect to use connect to navigate to all the places that are behind those two screens but just take forever to get to right okay but yeah well, i mean like, i've used it to get to settings quicker like, well that's if you for those of you who haven't seen a one controller yet they've replaced the start and select or start and back buttons mm. it's now a menu button and a home button, I think. Um, so actually, when I was speaking with Microsoft support, he's like, okay, hit the menu button. And I hit the guide button automatically. I'm like, what are you telling me to yeah. look at? He's like, no, no, it's what the start button used to be. Oh. <laughs> well, when you click the menu button, you get a sub-menu with like nine options in it. So that stuff's still there. It's just in different places now. And I think that's, again, I was overwhelmed. I hit that that button and there's just so much stuff that you can change and alter. There's There's something on there, and I don't remember what, that's like, you know, check to enable these things, and the last option was like, "This is in beta." Oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, like. So ah, I'm going to talk about that. Oh, what? what that, that, I don't. That remember. option is fast start on games. Oh, okay. Uh, which I turned on because it sounded really cool. So the idea is that when you've switched your Xbox off, uh, you come in, you adjust it to turn on, um, and it's uh, that's the other cool thing. It signs you automatically when it sees yes, your face very or cool it stuff. hears your voice. Mm-hmm. So it will automatically sign me in um, and says hello in the room. Effectively, it's very polite. Very cool. Like hi, yeah, it does. whatever you say. Your name hi, Rich. Is, yeah. <laughs> and I heard evidently you can you can change what it calls you. So if you don't want to be called Rich, you can you oh, can change you can. it to yeah yeah Lord. <laughs> I will definitely change mine to Sir Snarkington the Third. That's that's gonna happen. <laughs> okay, you should. <laughs> um, I can't. Even, oh yeah, so beta, yeah, beta Lord. So this is, sounds like a really cool idea. So the Xbox is completely shut down. 
and then you come in and you turn it on and it resume you can just resume immediately oh, from where okay. you were in the game so it's sort without of like it sort of loading the game up and all that jazz okay um, but when i tried that with need for speed rivals i actually lost an hour of gameplay oh wow um so i decided to switch it back <laughs> off again <laughs> I mean, I, so it, it does say it's in beta but um, okay okay i mean i noticed that like it's it's similar to when you use a phone like fast app switching so i was doing something in dead rising 3 and and something else caught my attention so i backed out of it thinking like okay i'm going back to the dashboard and doing whatever but then when i went back like an hour later and clicked on dead rising 3 again it just took me to exactly where i was yeah which is really yeah, no, cool. No, it does that anyyway. That's right. Going, but this is if well, you power down the console. Right, right. As well. And I but I didn't realize that cuz if any of you are Windows Phone 8 gamers, that's a big thing, you know, being able to back into the game and it's it just leaves yeah. off where you are. And and that was again a cool feature. So I don't feel this like pressing need to I want to go check something else or do something else uh, and and I'm going to lose content. I mean also Dead Rising for those of you who played Dead Rising historically, no auto saves, although I think there is now some yeah, form there is, of it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. But we'll talk more about or are we going to go into Dead Rising 3 and yeah, all that now? Do we I mean, to, yeah, let's playing? talk about the games. How's it how's it treating you? What's the next gen like? <laughs> you can tell me. Well. I need to know. Well, it's quite like it's quite like the current gen. All right, Rich, that was a terrible pitch. You could work for Microsoft with a pitch that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've also got a PS4, and I've played now... Um, one game I played, um, Killzone Shadowfall, on the PS4, and I've played Forza 5, Need for Speed Rivals, FIFA 14, and Dev Rising 3 on the, on the one. And none of them really feel like any sort of giant leap forward. They all feel a bit, a bit better. Like, Forza's stunning visually. But the last Forza was stunning visually, to be honest. They've they've always been beautiful games. Um, Need for Speed, yeah, yeah, it's amazing handling, and there's lots of cars on, on can be lots of cars on screen at once. But um, the frame rate's not 60 frames per second, um, and there I have seen pop up on it. FIFA 14's a football game, so that's you know you can't particularly do anything drop dead amazingly impressive with a football game and uh, dead rising 3 does a hell of a lot of zombies on screen but that has some frame rate well not issues but it's not 60 frames a second for sure um and killzone shadowfield which i played the first hour of the lip syncing is dreadful and the animations yeah. aren't brilliant either so <laughs> none of these games have made me think you must you must buy an next gen but it's different isn't it because the 360 and the ps3 was hd yeah. something like wow it was so obviously different and better well, visually and, anyway and even, which is your first impression if you think about it like a lot of these games and, and we can discuss we can discuss like battlefield issues like battlefield's a mm-hmm. broken mess is everyone who's mm. played it is telling me it's just a broken mess because there was all this pressure to get these games out for launch and on time so i feel like you know we're going to start to see a pretty big shift here in the next 6 to 9 months when you get that like second wave of launch window games that weren't launch titles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, clearly there's more to come. A lot more to well, come. I, I think, too, like, what you said hit the nail on the head about the HD, but it wasn't like we were also moving other technologies around it, right? So standard def televisions to HD televisions. Like there was more mm-hmm. moving around that, that had to change. I, I think, too, what you go what you're looking for matters. Like I was thoroughly impressed by the little dead rising three I played because of the other gimmicky things outside of it, I guess like that the one can do that the three sixty can't. So 
I'm playing Dead Rising 3. I'm at the beginning of it, and I'm, I'm coming through kind of the first area where you see a whole bunch of zombies, mm-hmm. which is, is cool in of itself. Yeah, that is and cool. And you turn yeah. a corner, and you know something's going to get you, right? Like, you've played enough of these games, so you get it. And so a zombie attacks me, and I get this prompt, and I'm hitting the buttons on the controller, and I have no idea what it wants me to do. So I do this a couple times, and I finally give up and actually look at the instruction manual within the game. And it says, well, when a zombie grapples you, flail your arms. Get the zombie off of you. That's awesome. I actually, like, had to move my arms around, and the Kinect could see me, and I could get the zombies off of me. And that that kind of stuff is what's making the new gen just awesome to me. It's not the graphics in but the game. But that could have been done on the 360 with Kinect. It, it could have. I don't know that the current Kinect would be as responsive. I'm sitting... Now, when I yeah, use my Connect, okay, typically, I have to move my couch out, right? And then I have to stand a certain amount of feedback, and I have, I have to stand, first of all, and the Connect can see me. Even something like Gunstringer, I've never really been able to get it work, to work while sitting. I've always had to stand to get these things to work. So to be able to sit there, now my typical playing distance is about five feet. I'm seated about five feet from my Connect. So to sit there five feet away and have it be totally responsive when I moved my arms around, which is yeah. awesome. No, Connect's definitely a big improvement. The Connect 2.0 is definitely mm-hmm. a big improvement. And I think, like, don't a lot of these games, they, they are first-gen. What we saw first-gen, yeah. they're all first-gen, obviously. What we saw first-gen Xbox 360, we've come a long way. Totally, a long yeah. way. So we can't expect these super-duper dynamic improvements yet. People just don't know how to work with everything yet. It hasn't mm-hmm. been around that long. We're going to get there. But we're seeing these these cool things the One can do that are unique, especially attached to Connect um, and Smart Glass integration. Yes. Have cool. you tried the Smart Glass integration with Debrosing? I haven't yet, no. Okay, so that's quite cool. So I had my iPad next to uh, my TV and uh, where I was playing, and you get calls from survivors that are in trouble. Like, it rings, and then it actually... They speak to you through the iPad. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Which oh, is really creepy. cool. So obviously, yeah, no, but it's cool. And then you can go and, if you want to, you can go and try and rescue those guys. Um, mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of other stuff on there. And that's really cool. Well, that integration. What, what cool. if you like? What if you're like me and you're playing a game and it rings and all of a sudden you're like, I'm not going to talk to this person. You're just declining yeah, you all these calls it. from you survivors. Yeah, yeah, you, you can do that. Oh, that's awesome. That. Yeah. The worst thing though is your iPad will just sit there and then. Going to standby mode, like, oh no, okay. <laughs> you haven't touched it for 15 minutes. So you have to constantly get up and click it or turn off standby and, well, and, that's, and drain um, the battery. And oh man, I know in, in Rise, so I haven't played Rise myself yet, um, but Al has it. And so uh, it's a co op multiplayer, or I'm sorry, it's multi, yeah, co op multiplayer online, but the campaign is single player to my mm-hmm. understanding. But so, um, when we all got our Xboxes, Xbox Ones, we were kind of trying to minimize our costs. So, like, I got Dead Rising 3, he got Rise, and that kind of thing, like, swapping in that way. But Rise becomes a co-op project because I'm going to sit there with the smart glass-enabled thing. Oh, there's a collectible here. Yeah. Oh, there's something you can do here. So it's it, it's cool in, in another way that it's a way to engage people in your house who aren't Xbox people. You know, hey, could you just pick up the phone for a second and see if there's a survivor <laughs> calling me? <laughs> so, like, yeah, it, that's, that, cool. that's really cool stuff. And, like, Rise looks, I mean, it just looks great. Like, just the amount of things happening and the different environments that they've created for it. Um, the game's really big on combo kills and executions and things like that. And just, I know there's probably not a lot of variety if you've played it for 20 or 30 hours. But in the hour or so I was watching, uh, there's cool stuff there. So that there's there's all this potential that we're just seeing the the tip 
of the iceberg for and we know there's so much more coming like it's, it's a good launch in that it's so encouraging there's, there's more coming but yeah nothing there, there isn't a killer app for it yet that that i would agree with 100 there's, there's nothing that you go wow the next generation has really arrived unless you're talking about the uh, bells and whistles yeah I, we, I, yeah you could say that but i'm to be honest i've put so much time into need for speed rivals i think that is just such an amazing game um that I might as well talk about it for a little bit. Go for it. <laughs> it's sort of, it's sort of uh, very similar to Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, in which there are two simultaneous careers going on, um, one as a racer and one as a cop, and you can jump between either career, either path at any time. Uh, there's 60 ranks for each um, career, so it's quite a long it's quite a long game. I think I've probably put in maybe 12 hours or, or so so far, and I'm probably just over a third of the way through. Um, but it's so much fun. It is so much, so much fun. And it feels quite different when you're a racer and a cop. They, they feel like <laughs> quite different games, although it's on the same map um, and you're driving cars in both. Uh, you feel a lot more cavalier and wild as a racer and a lot more sensible and um, like you've really got to crack down on these evil racers uh, as a cop. It's, it's very cool the way that it's handled. And there is a bit of a story mode going on as well um, throughout the progression. Uh, but it's awesome. I, I highly recommend it to anyone out there. The handling is so arcadey. You can turn so late into corners with barely any braking uh, and just fly around them. Uh, it's it's ridiculously fun. And the problem I've had is that obviously I've been playing uh, Forza a lot as well. And going switching between the two games is a complete nightmare. Because if I've been playing Need for Speed for an hour <laughs> and I jump back to Forza, the handling is so completely different. I just crash on every corner in Forza. Is, is that uh, why your is that why your Drivatar is such a jerk, Rich? You know, I made fun of Drivatar stuff uh, extensively, mainly because of, <laughs> mainly because of the name, which is ridiculous. That has transformed that game. Drivatar is such a cool idea with a bad name, um, but it makes Forza so much more enjoyable. Is Forza is enjoyable anyway, but it's quite uh, a, the. A, Normally the AI is quite steady. They will they will all form a line going into every corner. They will all sort of break at the same time. Um, but with Drivatar, the way it works is that after you've after you've driven, I think it's five races. Um, the Xbox One has learned your driving style to a certain degree, and it uploads that driving style uh, to the cloud. And then all your friends on your friends list will play against your Drivatar in their single player campaign. So it drives like you drive, and the more you play the game, the more it drives like you, uh, which is awesome. So as I'm every race I do now, there's five or six of my friends taking up um, five or six of the AI slots, and they you see their um, gamer tags above the car, so you can actually see who is who really clearly, and and p- some people just drive completely insanely. It's, re- it's really entertaining. <laughs> it really mixes the game up. Um, and it and it can add a sense of um, randomness and and almost unfairness to it because you you can be driving along a straight and you're you're doing comfortably well just go to overtake the final guy and he'll completely come across and smash you which you're just not used to in AI at all and just knock you off the road which is just bizarre but um, they have made it quite easy in that most of the races now you just need to finish in the top three to get a gold so there's no benefit to finishing first compared to finishing no wait if you're not so, first you're last. Well, exactly. exactly. <laughs> if you're second, you're first of the losers, but not in this case. Um, so I haven't actually failed to gold a race yet, and I've probably been playing oh, maybe 20 hours. So I'm finding it quite easy, and I'm playing it on hard. I've got all the assists turned off. Um, so that's my only criticism of Forza. 
Uh, and that's a long game as well. I reckon that's probably 60 hours to, to complete. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm dipping more into Need for Speed Robbers because it's just so much more fun. Uh, I have touched a bit of FIFA. Played a bit of FIFA on the first couple of nights. Um, had some issues with trying to join co-op games. But I guess that was first night uh, EA issues. Um, and I haven't jumped into it since. But I did enjoy what I did play. And I've played probably two hours of Dead Rising 3. And I did enjoy that a lot as well. Some of the did you manage to get into a vehicle and, and drive through a crowd of zombies? Yes. Because yes, that's I did. a lot of fun. <laughs> and you sort of you you can feel them the weight of them on the car. Like if you hit yeah. quite a few of them, the car really slows down and they all start grabbing onto the side of it or to the top of it. Um and you really have to floor it to get away from them. And that's quite cool. You know, I was I was actually sort of shaking in my seat, like, Come on, come on, get off the car, get off the car. Uh, I kept cool. worrying I, the car I, would break down. Exactly, that was my and, and that was they, exactly that was, was really thinking. effective. Yeah, I was just gonna, waiting gonna for me. me to stop. Like, oh, okay. And then you'd have been flailing around like a lunatic <laughs> trying to get him off. But no, Dev Rising was cool. There was another interesting thing in Dev Rising where um, I was walking through a corridor and I turned a corner and there was a load of zombies on the other side of the corridor. But there was a little um, a pit between me and them. Oh, um, okay. Mm-hmm. And you, I had to then shout like, yes. "Hey, over here!" And they all sort of look round. You can see the sound waves progress on uh, in front of you on the screen. So as you shout, Connect picks it up, and this sort of blue wave of sound emits across the screen, and then the zombies hear it, and they will sort of look over, and then they walk towards you and fall into the pit, obviously. Uh, so that was interesting. Yeah. It's 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 sort of tech demo-y in that way. Yeah, it's exactly right. Which yeah, is it's fine. Um, it's cool to see that stuff. And, some, and just like all tech demo things, these are things we may not see again. Right, like they, they may be used and then not really utilized, but there's again, there's so much promise there, and it's actually integrated really well. So it's not like they they prompt you that first time to do the vocal lore, mm-hmm. and um, it's not like you do it and it kind of sort of works, and and you don't have to say a specific thing; you just have to say anything it has to hear sure. you. Yeah. Um, and and those might get annoying later in the game. I've read about times where you're supposed to be quiet, and like if you're, <laughs> you know, you're baby in your case right yes. decides she's gonna yeah. start giggling at something you might be in trouble um, i think you can turn most of that stuff off i don't think so either because it's built into oh, the game really? oh no so. i think you can oh I, you can I, oh okay. i heard somewhere that you can you can definitely turn off the arm flailing right yes that is button presses instead um i'm not sure about the voice stuff but as i imagine you could though actually come to think of it so um so have you touched yeah, your... it might be impossible for some people they might right they might, uh game in a in a nightclub <laughs> <laughs> they might do all their gaming in a nightclub so have have you gone back to your 360 at all since the 22nd or has it been strictly no. xbox one i haven't um i haven't yet but i am going to go back and finish gta i've just been so so busy it's been ridiculous but um yeah it's on my list and to be honest there's a bit of a fallow period coming up there's not really any new games coming right. up for probably three months that i care about uh so i will be going back to finish gta and I will definitely, you know, go back and, and play some other... Because to be honest, GTA is such a pretty game. It doesn't feel like a, a step back, particularly. Um, I wonder how I it will feel it once you go back to it. Yeah, actually, I, actually yeah. I did put the dash on, and I was like, ooh, this is a <laughs> That felt really weird, going back to the 360 dash after using the one for, for I don't know, 30 hours. That, that, felt, that definitely felt like a step back. But um, I don't think GTA would as a game. Okay. But we'll see. I'll talk about that next time. Yeah, I'm excited to actually get to the one next month. Cause I actually spent most of this month, since we're still in What You're Playing, um, playing my 360. Because um, I was in the Great True Achievement Score Challenge, and I put a lot of junk on my card in the last month. Uh, 
it's, it's been quite a ride. I did Fallout 3 PC last night, which Jay promised oh. to razz me for. So, Jay, opportunity? Yeah. You, you were desperate, weren't you? You just typing in those commands, unlocking those low achievement <laughs> ratios, not even having all of the fun mm-hmm. that, that that game had in store for you. For shame. Well, I I have no defense of that. Um, like I said early in the week, uh, last week, I had a plan for the final week of GTSC and I executed it. We were way, way out by this point, but that was my plan. I was going to put that up in the last hours. I made sure to hit 200,000 gamer score first so I could say my first 200,000 was unsullied by such practices. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just, it was the thing to do for the competition. That's what you do, right? You suck your, your easy games and you... Uh, you get those things going. But I did play Fallout 3 on the 360, and I didn't like it. So there's no chance I'm ever going to play it on the PC for enjoyment. So um, there it is. That's not an excuse of the behavior. And my opinion has changed a lot on that sort of thing. I used to look at somebody who did Fallout 3 PC and go, really? Why? Do you, do you even what's the what's the point at this point? Um, but there's something to be said about the fun in just searching for gaming, gamer score. I don't feel burned out by it, and I still have a clutch of easy games sitting here that I'm going to go through and play and get my easy gamer score stuff going. Um, I, I just played so many different things this month. And I'm finding that um, I love those old platformer-type games, and they really do seem to only exist in movie tie-in titles now. So you find the occasional good one, and they're actually fun to play, and they're only three hours long, so time isn't an issue. Um, but yeah, my, my 360 is definitely going to get a rest now. That's over. It's time to play the one a little bit. Um, and then hit your the 360 backlight. is relieved. I, it, it should be, it should be, uh, it's, it's been a great, I don't even, I don't have stats up right now, but I think like in November I put up like 19,000 gamer score and that's nothing compared to guys in the last week. A couple of the guys on, uh, I know a couple of my buddies that were on one of the teams, um, bear scare me and mitotic activity. They both put up something like 33,000 TA in one week absolutely wow. insane the the amount like the level these guys are just going at it game after game after game um but that's what you do when you're competing so uh, but it was a fun fun run i'm glad to be done with it though um so i think we've probably prattled on enough <laughs> about the one and the 360 um jay are you still with us <laughs> are you did you get to play anything yeah I, I did some gaming obviously uh thanksgiving happened in kind of the middle of this past cycle so I like an entire week away from my Xbox, so it was kind of a nice little reprieve, I suppose. Um, but I did manage to play through uh, the Brigmore Witches, uh, which was the second half of the DLC for Dishonored. Uh, it's ridiculously good. Like, really, really, really good. That game, it's... Uh, I definitely voted for it in my Game of the Generation because I liked it that much. It was, it was that good. Um, the one issue I had with the Brigmore Witches, though is that there is an achievement in it that requires you to have 10,000 coins and complete the game in, like, low chaos. That's, like, good karma. And to really have a good shot at that, you needed to carry over a good amount of money from the previous DLC, which I was unprepared for. Uh, There's evidently a way, like, you can hunt and scrounge, and if you follow a guide, you can find all the money you need um, to get it. But it, it was just so onerous that I was like, eh, I'm not even going to try it. Um, but I played through it twice. I played through it uh, as a with low chaos where I choked everybody out and didn't kill anybody. And then I played through it on high chaos where I just was sneaky sneaky and killed everybody I saw and was never seen. It, it was I was the angel of death. It was awesome. Um, so I just finished that up today. Uh, it was really good. 
So highly recommended. Hopefully, uh, if you are somebody who liked Dishonored as I did, you picked up all of those DLCs when they were on sale like a week or two ago. Because they're even if they're not on sale, they're totally worth it. So I also played the bridge for review. Um, the review's uh, buried a little bit now since it's been a couple of weeks. But uh, it's a neat little puzzle game. If you were a fan of something like Braid, it's going to feel right at mm. home. Uh, it takes a lot of gameplay and like aesthetic cues from Braid uh, in that there's like a timer wind mechanic and uh, all that. And that's kind of the main thing it takes from Braid. The pencil-drawn art style is kind of Braid-like too. Even though this game is entirely in black and white and gray, uh, what really stands to make the bridge unique, though, is that um, you use the triggers to rotate the room around, so it also manipulates gravity. Uh, it's like Fez. Sort of. In, in less in that it, Fez, I think, rotates it as if you were like turning like a can of soda or a bottle of beer in, on a table in front of you. This is more like you're flipping something end over end. Uh, so it's a little bit different. Uh, the struggle that I had with it is I feel like puzzle games, they need to hit a sweet spot. Like puzzle games need to challenge you and make you feel smart, but they also can't be too easy and they can't be too <coughs> hard. Like they, to be a really good puzzle game, it's got to like make you work for it, but also not yeah. make you incredibly frustrated. And this game, right, yeah. I Absolutely. did get to a point where I was incredibly frustrated playing it. And that could be just oh. the pressure of playing it for review and wanting to get that done in a timely manner. Right. Um, but it did have a pretty severe difficulty spike, uh, which really threw me for a loop. Uh, and I, I like to think I'm a pretty sharp, sharp tool. Um, so I can usually figure most things out. And I'm really good with spatial puzzles, which you, know, you think, you know, I should be able to do this pretty well. But it definitely was, uh, was a, a bit of a, a rough challenge at points. So I gave it three stars. Uh, if, so if you really like puzzle games, you should definitely check it out. Uh, if you absolutely loved Braid, you should check it out. Um, but it, it's one of those where if you're not the biggest puzzle game fan on earth, you could definitely definitely let it pass. I see you've got the full completion. Yes, let me tell you about that adventure. Um, okay. <laughs> so getting the full completion requires you to play um, through the first half of the game, which is kind of like the, uh, I'm trying to think, all, all the normal worlds. Once you play through all the normal worlds, you then get to play through the mirrored worlds, which are basically all of the levels from the normal worlds, but harder and with more challenge to them. So you have to do all that. Right. Plus, you need to find all of the collectibles. And I am mystified that somebody could actually find all these collectibles without a guide. Because there are just some random things you had to do. Like, you had to fall past a tree like 20 times before this collectible shows up. Where I'm like, how would you ever figure that out? Um, plus there are some level-specific challenges like beating certain levels while only inverting the room five times or fewer uh, or something like that. Um, complete like certain levels without actually moving. Complete certain levels without actually rotating the levels around. So th th there's a good level. Like The achievements are actually pretty well designed in that you've got a good number for just playing the game. You've got a good number for doing level-specific challenges, and then you've got collectibles. So it's – I feel like they did put some pretty good thought into those achievements. But once I popped the last one, I was definitely ready to be done with it and move on to something that I didn't have to devote tremendous amounts of mental energy towards. Um, so that's pretty much all I played. I, I took like 10 days off from playing Xbox because I 
went back to Ohio without my Xbox and had family time and ate turkey and drank a lot with all of my relatives, <laughs> which is always fun for me. Good. Um, so that's pretty much what, what I've been doing with gaming. Um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, recent purchases we made. I'm looking forward to di- digging into some of those. But let's move on to some of the bigger stories to hit the site o- over the past couple of weeks. And obviously the biggest thing was the Game of the Generation voting happened. I know we talked about it pretty extensively last podcast, kind of like all of our, our feelings and our opinions on that. But we actually had the results come out uh, a little before Thanksgiving, I believe. And the top 10 games as voted by the community were number 10, Mass Effect. Number 9, Call of Duty Modern Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare. Number 8 was Mass Effect 2. 7 was Assassin's Creed 3. 6 is Grand Theft Auto 5. 5 is Halo 3. 4 is The Elder Scrolls 5, Skyrim. 3 was Red Dead Redemption. 2 was Fallout 3. And the game of the generation was Bioshock. So other uh, games of note would be uh, Portal 2 got Platformer of the Generation. Uh, Forza Motorsport 4 was the racing game of the generation. Minecraft was Simulation Game. Rock Band 3 was Music and Rhythm Game. XCOM Enemy Unknown got the Strategy Game Award. Bayonetta was the Action Game. Catherine was the Puzzle Game. FIFA 13 got Sports Game. 1 vs. 100 got Party Game. Uh, Mortal Kombat was the Fighting Game of the Generation. Ace Combat 6, Fires of Liberation, was Vehicular Combat Game of the Generation. Pinball <laughs> uh, FX2 was the card and board game of the generation. And Connect Sports was the Connect game of the generation. The top five uh, Xbox Live Arcade games were in fifth place Bastion. Trials Evolution was fourth place. Castle Crashers was third. Minecraft was second. And The Walking Dead uh, was the top XBLA game of the generation. Uh, the top five achievements of the generation were number five, uh, Seriously, from Gears of War. Number four was the Vidmaster Challenge Annual in Halo 3. Number three was A Monument to All Your Sins from Halo Reach. Number two was Dastardly from Red Dead Redemption. And the number one achievement, as voted by the community, was Mile High Club uh, from Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. So... What are you guys' thoughts on this? I, I know I have some thoughts. Uh, I know we all kind of made a prognostication that Red Dead Redemption would do well because it, it was the yeah. only one of its kind. So yeah. we were pretty pretty good there. Uh, Bioshock, taking Infinite aside, I think those are both kind of singular experiences. So I, I kind of wasn't surprised that Bioshock was voted Game of the Generation. In fact, I didn't find many surprises at all in this top ten. I think the biggest surprise was that Grand Theft Auto V garnered that much support in such a short time. Yeah, GTA V is an awesome, awesome game, so I can see why. And you've obviously got the the fact that it's a, a recent. Um, but if, if you look at the top ten, that is by far the most recent game in there. A lot of the stuff's pretty old, so that was the only recent representative, really. Um, I thought I was pretty impressed with the community. Actually, there was a lot of people that assumed that it would be the biggest selling games and you know everything would be a first person shooter and uh it what well, that didn't work out it didn't work out like that at all um with BioShock and Fallout 3 were not definitely not the biggest selling games on the, on certainly amongst our user base um but they clearly made a big impression uh, the thing that uh, makes me sad is that i've played i think i've played like 21 out of the top 25 which is pretty decent but um the two the two at the top i haven't finished them 
which makes me think I've uh, I've missed a trick there. I need to go back and finish Bioshock. I've actually played every game in the top twenty-five except for Grand Theft Auto Five. Now that I'm looking at it, wow. Um, I mean, I, I played Dark Souls, which I'm going to talk about that more here in a minute. Um, and I played Oblivion, but I didn't particularly like either of them. Um, but yeah, now that I'm looking, I played I, I played every game in the top twenty-five except for GTA Five. So that's pretty impressive, uh, Michelle. Why don't you yeah. jump in here? What, what what are your thoughts? Are, are you surprised? Not surprised? I was actually surprised to see so many um, franchises like wholly represented. <laughs> we talked about a little bit in the last podcast that there might be a chance that a franchise would split votes, and I'm surprised to see Gears Two and Gears One and Gears Three all in the top twenty five. Like I kind of felt that there would be more of a breaking apart of that kind of thing, um, which I guess speaks to how popular these series are. Um, I was surprised to see Alan Wake and Dark Souls actually crack the top 25, because um, these are these are games that are divisive, generally. People either, and I, I guess um, there's some other stats about the um, Game of the Year voting that I don't think we're going to read through here, because there's so, so, so many, but about the average... Mm. That's a very good yes, reason. I really recommend, recommend checking um, that out. But there, there was information there about the average weight of the vote, and Dark Souls actually had the highest average vote. Here, here's the thing: the the most vote, like the most votes cast total, was Halo Three. Second most votes cast was Bioshock, and then average value of each vote, Dark Souls had a seven point six four, which means more people rated it. If you voted for it, you rated it very high, um, and Bioshock was right behind it at a seven point two three. And this continues to validate yeah, exactly my that was that where it was really the people yeah. who love Dark Souls really love Dark Souls, and then the people who don't like Dark Souls really don't like Dark Souls. So either yeah. like me, I didn't vote for it. So it's like you you either love this game or you didn't play it or you didn't care enough to vote it anywhere but number one. So that 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 really. I feel validated that that there's some data to back up my opinion there. I, I thought that was that was by far the most interesting bit of data to me to come out of that. Yeah, that average value of each vote, like you see a couple games in there, like Infinite Undiscovery, Syndicate, where it's like you know you don't even hear them mentioned within their genres typically. Well, Syndicate is our most recent Easter egg. Yeah, I absolutely mm-hmm. love that game. Like I. I tweeted it out um, after I posted it that I think only Jeff Gerstman from Giant Bomb loved that game more than I did. He gave it a, a five out of five on Giant Bomb um, because he really enjoyed it that much. So uh, l- let me just re-vouch for If you are a fan of first-person shooters, you can pick up Syndicate super cheap and you will have an amazing time. You know, I, I sorry, I wanted to point out one other thing actually that surprised me about the list. Surprised and didn't surprise me um, was where Connect Games landed. Like, the top Connect game is barely in the top 250. Yeah. That, that really doesn't surprise me at all. It doesn't um, surprise me either. <laughs> mainly, mainly let, me, let me just kind of explain why, mm-hmm. is that Connect um, bifurcated gamers. You either had Connect or you didn't. So instantly, you're shrinking your possible pool of votes. Secondly, the quality of Connect titles, I feel like if you're looking for an amazing gaming experience, Connect, I mean, you're not going to... I mean, Michelle, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure you will. Are there any Connect-specific games that you would say are in that same quality level as the ones we mentioned that were in the top 25? Um, 
Dan Central, Central. absolutely. Dan, okay, I'd Dan say Central. that in a heartbeat. Yeah, Dan Central, yeah. And, and that's part but of what's again, surprising to me. But that it didn't, didn't make that the top didn't make 250, make right? And Dan Central 1 is tracked by a lot of people. So it's not that people didn't buy it, people that, you know, d- don't have access. I just think people forgot about Connect. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't even con- I didn't even consider Dan Central. And I did really love yeah. that game. But it just didn't even occur to me. I did because there's no story because it's just Well, that's something that's actually interesting about this list is all these games are story driven, right? Yes. You're not. Yeah. You don't see a Forza that's what makes on memorable. here. That's... Even I don't think. Right. You, you don't see like no. those racing games or or sports titles. There's no racing <clears> games right. in it's, the top twenty-five. It's all story driven games, which I think is another very interesting thing. Like these these are not games that people pick up and play for five minutes and then they put it aside and they go on to the next thing. There's no puzzlers on the top to twenty-five. Yeah. There's no uh, card and board games in the top twenty-five, even though they're popular and they're tracked frequently. People pick story-intensive games where you're talking about character-driven stuff, and yeah. and certainly there's some of it that's also multiplayer. You get games like the Halos and the Gears of Wars, but look at how high RPGs rated, right? Fallout Three, yeah. finishing number two. So um, those are the things that 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 stick with people, aren't they? Those yeah. are, those are the games that people are prepared to put a hundred hours in, and and yeah, and those are the games that people are going to vote for because they they. You know, you don't you don't put a hundred hours into a repetitive racing game, not not very often anyway. <laughs> so I certainly haven't. Another thing that I found to be very very interesting was just looking beyond the top ten games. Eleven and twelve were Arkham City yeah. and Arkham Asylum, mm-hmm. respectively. Yes. Games thirteen and fourteen were Borderlands and Borderlands Two. Borderlands Two, which I find that absolutely fascinating that those yeah. games were so close to their sequels. Right. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Well, you feel like I get the impression anyway that people who voted, for some of us, we had our problem, right? Where it's like, oh, I can't even think of top ten. There's so many games, and other people are like, you know, I only really play a smaller selection of games, and I play my Call of Duties every year, and I've played the two Borderlands, and I'm having a hard time filling this list, so I'm going to throw two Borderlands on there mm-hmm. because they're both really good, and I both enjoyed it, uh, or I, I enjoyed both of them. Um, and, and that's what that read like to me is you got a lot of people who are like, I just really love Borderlands as a series. So I'm going to put them as one and two, or I'm going to put them as eight and nine or, or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's, you have to remember that the average, we are an unusual right. uh, site in that as a lot of games played on. I think mm-hmm. the average TAA has played 107 games. So most of us have a decent amount to choose from. Right. But it, Law of averages, you're gonna have people. I mean, I know there are people on my friends list with like 2,000 games played. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are yeah, also people crazy. down there. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, right? So, um, <laughs> and I mean, there's someone else that has 1,500 games played, and when she was first on my list, I'm like, wow, 1,500, and then you know, friended the guy with a couple thousand. It's like, oh, oh okay. I want to see her top ten. I know. <laughs> I have. I think I have 400 something tracked on my card, and of course, like 60 of that's Windows Phone games, right? They don't even count when you're yeah, thinking about count. game of the generation. <laughs> um, but that leaves another. Uh, you know 380 games or 390 games that yeah. were valid choices it's it's difficult but on the flip side there are just as many people who've tracked 40 games or 50 games uh, often folks with really you know good completion percentages because they play till they finish and then they move to the next thing and they really know these games and they're very familiar with them and very supportive of them and i i think that's i wouldn't be surprised if there are lots of ballots where it was mass effect one two three Fallout 3 and New Vegas, like, you know, people mm-hmm. just voted for their series and just put them in no particular order, just threw them on there. Um, mm. So, and The Walking Dead finishing so high, I thought that, was a big deal. That's, um, another, yeah, that's another polarizing game, which we'll talk about this in the news here in a little bit, but that surprised me too. I mean, I know 
I loved it because I'm such a story it. guy. And Rich, you loved it too, did you not? And I don't care about story normally. But but, but it sucked <laughs> you in, right? Yeah, massively. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I thought it was incredible. It made my top ten. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I have I have one more surprise I'd like to point out. I'm sorry okay. that I've got so many. Yeah. One versus one hundred. Yes. Finishing number one in party. I because want if that you, so bad. That yeah. game has been off. I do too, and that game has been off Xbox for four years now, yeah. five years. I don't, I'm not even sure yeah, it, it hasn't even been anymore. available. Ooh, I don't. Yeah. And the memory of it is so big that it—that's our top party. I, game. I am actually people cannot have. I am it. not surprised by that because it was an event. Microsoft made that game. Right, I'm not event. surprised necessarily, but just seeing that. Like, I mean, I am, I am surprised, obviously, because not everyone on the site. We have people who join the site, people who play on Xbox, who never had access to it, and yet it's still. So that means it wasn't just voted for; it ranked fairly highly on people's lists when it was mentioned. I didn't even think about it when I was compiling mine, but as soon as I saw that, I'm like, wow, I, I can't believe it. my my family would get together and play it together. It was one of the few things where it made Xbox time family yeah. time, which was really awesome. I, I, um, so it was really cool to see that on there, but surprising I too. know that that was one game where my wife actually wanted to play it, and when I told her, oh, you need to be gold to, to play it, she got really disappointed. So I had to go and dig out like a one-month gold trial card from a game to so I get her game tech side <laughs> for gold so she could play one versus one hundred with me. <laughs> so um since we're talking about all these great games that are that were voted great, they are great. I think we can all stamp sign seal deliver. These are great games. We need to talk about the flip side, the bad games. Um Avatar, The Last Airbender, The Burning Earth had eight votes. <laughs> eight of you. Eight of you people voted for Avatar. My Horse and Me Too, which was the favorite game of our the, the news manager who hired both Michelle and I. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Three votes. Oh, man. <laughs> um, Hannah Montana, the movie, the game. <laughs> Two votes. And I will remind you, this is before Hannah Montana became Miley Cyrus and got, you know, disputably hot. <laughs> um, Yaris. <laughs> Two votes. <laughs> so... I, I love that CJ put something in here. <laughs> Luckily for those who voted, we have a no callouts policy. And if you click that no callouts policy, it's it's Chuck Norris again <laughs> saying you know who you are. So I love but, that. Um, now this this is interesting because I wonder because it's such a small number. Did somebody basically just fill out a joke, you know, uh, ballot that just had their their ten lowest TA ratio games. <laughs> so that ballot was Yaris I, yeah. and Hannah Montana and Fallout Three. Not Fallout Three because that's an okay ratio actually, but like backyard sports, uh, football ten. You know, like was it just those low ratio games? Because hey, that was ten thousand gifted gamer score. Thank you very much. Because um, it, I wouldn't be surprised if those two ballots were the same ish. The ones with Hannah Montana and Yaris, they were clearly after the same thing. Yeah. And it could be just alt account. Like, somebody signed up an alt account so they could <laughs> do grinding or whatever and just thought it'd be funny to sign in and vote for a crap game. So, kudos to you, senior troll. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Thank you so much to everybody who participated in the Game of the Generation voting. It is by far the largest undertaking we've ever done for anything like this on the site. Uh, and it wouldn't have been as popular without all of you voting and commenting. Uh, I know the comment threads when we kind of put up the the best of for each year were, were very lively and sometimes too lively 
<laughs> but uh, it was it was a great it, it was great fun. I know a lot of work went into it. So thank you to yeah, everybody it was a great who event. pulled late nights uh, on the data end and on the writing end, putting all that stuff together. It, it, so it was definitely one of the biggest events we'd ever had on the site. So thank you to everybody involved. It was awesome. Um, speaking to a different degree of awesome, uh, we were recording. It, it is Sunday, uh, December the eighth, and last night was VGX. Now, for those of you who don't know what VGX is, it is the newest incarnation of what used to be the VGAs, Spike TV's Video Game Awards. And in years previous, they would air this show on Spike, and it would just be a giant dumpster fire of terrible gamer cliches and just horribleness. It it was just downright bad, like tone deaf to what gamers wanted and just completely crap. So they decided to do a drastic overhaul this year. Instead of broadcasting it on TV, they streamed it, like, everywhere. It was streamed on PlayStation Network. It was streamed on Xbox Live. It was on Twitch. It was on all the websites for all of these uh, cable networks. So really, you could watch this if you had internet access. So they immediately cut out one of the big things is that they were trying to appeal to a wider audience. They were appealing straight to gamers. Secondly, they said that they were going to downplay the awards, which is fine, and they were going to really focus on game reveals and interviews with developers and showing off uh, game demos and really just showing gamers what they wanted. So this got me excited. I was like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be exactly what we wanted. And then they went and said, oh, and we have a celebrity host. We're going to have Joel McHale be our celebrity host. For those of you who don't know off the top of your head who Joel McHale is, he's uh, the lead character on NBC's uh, sitcom Community. He used to host The Soup. Um, he, he's done quite a few things uh, over the years. But kind of his shtick is to be the guy who's cooler than cool and just rags on everything. And that's basically what he did for three hours. Just be cooler than cool and completely tone deaf to what gamers really enjoyed. So it was another dumpster fire. But it was a smaller dumpster fire this year. Um, Jeff Keeley was more of a presence. He's obviously the guy who hosts uh, game trailers. Um, and really they did a good job of bringing in people to actually talk about their games. They showed a lot of new reveals and we're going to take a minute here and kind of talk about some of the stuff that, uh, was shown off last night. So, uh, full coverage is on the website. So make sure you, you check that out. We have all the videos courtesy of game trailers embedded in each of these stories. But the first one is, uh, quantum break actually showed some gameplay. So quantum breaks again, coming out of remedy, uh, the same guys who made Al- the Alan Wake in the original Max Payne. And we've seen kind of teases of what this game could be at like E3. And uh, I think the Xbox One reveal showed some of it. And it was going to be incorporated with a television show. And it just nobody really knew what this game was going to be. But we kept seeing stuff from it. So they finally showed off gameplay. And it looks really cool. It, it looks like a third-person shooter in the style of like Max Payne. Um, with kind of like an Alan Wake aspect. It, it looks really Need. Um, they promised intense cinematic gunplay and dynamic cover mechanics. Uh, so Sam Lake, the, the big cheese at Remedy, introduced it. Um, the video, it, it's a pretty good length, so definitely check that out if you're interested. I know both of you expressed some interest yeah. in uh, Quantum Break. Have you gotten a chance to look at this video yet? No. Was there information on how the TV stuff would work? No, they were really... just about the gameplay? They were just focusing on the gameplay. Since they kind of teased the TV stuff, this was focused on, here's the game you will be playing when this is out. And it looked really okay. neat. Like, it it looks very next-gen. 
the video is it, it breaks it down a little bit so it talks a little about the story and what's what's happening there that there's like basically a time rip issue that was caused due to something went wrong at a university where they were studying this and you can play as one of two characters and kind of de deal with whatever issues has caused so you'll have a cat catastrophic thing that happens in a split second but you have the ability to deal with time and fix things about it um and it it sounds really cool and they, they just mentioned the interactive story stuff very briefly within the video um but it it looks cool it, it definitely um it still looks like a game right so yes. xbox one it, it it's not uncanny valley it's not like when you saw sort of early trailers of something like last of us on the playstation 3 like there was a something like whoa it's kind of trying to do like a photorealistic thing there's definitely it's stylized so you can definitely tell this is this is a game you're playing but what it's going to do it sounds really cool um so i can't wait to see this next wave of games come out for this next generation yeah, I can't wait to see a more comprehensive, like, obviously they were a little pressed for time at the event, but I can't wait to see a more comprehensive breakdown mm -hmm. on exactly how all of these elements are going to play together. But what they showed off looked really cool. It looks yes. like a game that I definitely want to play now. Yeah, the very effective video in that way. Um, another big announcement came out is, uh, and this kind of ties into some of the questions we got in the mailbag, uh, was... Tomb Raider is going to be getting a definitive edition mm -hmm. on both PS4 and Xbox One. And this definitive edition of Tomb Raider is going to have native 1080p gameplay, which will give you a next-gen looking Lara, uh, which if you wow. actually watch VGX, you get to see <laughs> the voice actress and character model for Lara. And she is quite fetching. Yeah. Fetching. Um, but you also get the Xbox One Connect capabilities, so you'll be able to um, change weapons and attachments, uh, navigate menus with voice commands and hand gestures. Uh, let's see, you're also going to get, they're fully rebuilding the game for next-gen consoles. Uh, you're going to get the Tomb of the Lost Adventurer. Eight DLC multiplayer maps will be included. Six DLC multiplayer weapons. Four DLC multiplayer characters. Six outfits for Lara. You're going to get a Dark Horse digital comic book. Uh, the Brady Games digital art book. And then the final hours of Tomb Raider documentary series. And that's all going to be packed into that definitive edition. And they actually, they were one of the few announcements that gave a launch date. It's going to be coming to North America on January 28th and to Europe on January 31st. Um, Do we have any idea of price? I would imagine it's going to be standard price. Uh, it's basically, uh, this looks like their game of the year edition um, for the game right. pretty much. So I, I would imagine it's going to be standard price for a new release game. But I, I'm I as someone who heard a lot of really positive buzz about Tomb Raider, uh, I've actually thought about maybe picking it up for my 360. This might cause me to wait. Like I may might want to hold yeah. off and check it out on the one if they're going to be getting the. I would certainly recommend playing the game. Uh, it's a great game. I, it's cool. It, I, I think it's going to be um, fun to watch this. Uh, how the strategy pays off, and if this works for them, you know, making it in digitized. Like, um, you know, it's basically the. What are we going to call it now? Because it's still HD, but it's like an HD edition of... <laughs> definitive. Well, yes, I guess they're all going to be definitive. Now, <laughs> so we have the Game of the Years and now uh, definitives. But um, will the this one work copy for them? you need. I, I... <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, You're welcome, Microsoft. Go ahead and take that one. That's <laughs> if I recall correctly, and I could be completely off base about this, but I, I seem to remember Tomb Raider didn't quite hit like all the sales milestones they wanted. It did well, and it was... It performed respectively, but it wasn't like super runaway success. 
for them um, in terms of what their projections were. I don't think it could be wrong. I mean, I think it but, did well enough that they're continuing. They're going to continue along this kind of reboot line, and it was very well received by critics, if I remember. But that's why I think this this becomes an interesting strategy, and we'll see how it plays out for them because now they're bringing it to a different audience, and people people who played Tomb Raider, a Tomb Raider, generally really loved it, and this will probably excite them into buying it again because it seems like they're doing different stuff with it. So um, I'm not going to buy it. Well, again. not it, there are some people who are just like the Dark Souls people, right? That are so super into it, and it's it's just a different way to play and approach. I, I'm just curious to see if we'll see other companies following this model. Like, oh hey, they they just upgraded a couple things. Obviously, the code is still there, the engine is still there, so it's not a whole lot of work. They're turning this around by January, um, just to see if, if yeah. other companies pick this up while we're in this transitional if, phase. I tell you what, right? If it was if it was not full price, I'd seriously think about it. Okay, so if it was like a forty dollar game or something. I, I never play games twice. But there's nothing coming out in January, February time, <laughs> and it is. It was a really good game, and if it was coming out, let's say sort of two thirds full price, I would seriously consider picking it up. But I, I don't see any point playing. Effect, which is gonna, effectively going to be more because it's an Xbox One game, and right. they are around ten bucks more um, to play a game I've already played. But it, it was a superb game, so. I'd recommend it to you, Michelle, if you haven't. Played. I actually, uh, they had this strange like. Um just collection of different deals and discounts and things like that. And I managed to get it for $1 from target. So I have it. (laughs) I do have it. Yeah. It was, um, the game was on sale at target for 1999. If you paid a dollar to get a pre-order of something on the Xbox one or, or no, there was, it was $20 off. If you paid to get, a pre-order for an Xbox one game, you put down $1, but it was also for sale uh, for, on sale for $20 at Best Buy that week. So you went to Target, you told them to price match the game, you took advantage of their $20 off, and you got it for a buck, because you just got it for the pre-order price. Um, and I just I just played the multiplayer in it. That's all I've done. I, I boosted the multiplayer right. in it, which I, you know... Yeah, I've done that. I hate to do, but... Uh, that doesn't... That doesn't really give you right. a proper so sense. Right, it's, so it's another <laughs> backlog thing. But yes, I have it because it was ridiculously cheap and seemed worth getting at that price point. Well, let's hope <laughs> this definitive edition is also going to be $1. <laughs> and, uh, we're, we're, we'll both be happy people. All right. Um, when it comes to happy people, I don't know if anyone's going to be happier than Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the creators of South Park, because they're like super geniuses and they've won Tonys and they've won Emmys and they're richer than God and they're making a video game. Um, so they showed up to VGX to, first of all, give the Game of the Year award, which went to Grand Theft Auto V. Congratulations there. But they also showed off uh, a new video from South Park, The Stick of Truth, which was absolutely delightful. Uh, for those who have not watched it, I will tease it by saying Cartman shows characters how to cast long-distance magic, which they call cup spells. And let me tell you what the cup spell is. It's where you fart in your hands and throw it at your enemy. Classy. <laughs> I need to have this game now. This game, I need to have it. I know I said I'm going to wait until the reviews come in to see how badly Obsidian's going to botch this job. Uh, but I need to have this game in my life. <laughs> um, because it looked, it looked so... It, the game just looks like the TV show. Which is awesome. And uh, I, I've always said I'm a sucker for good RPGs. And it's, this game is half as funny as a good episode of South Park. And, and as competent of an RPG as I hope Obsidian can make. 
then I will definitely be checking this out. So um, it's got a release date of March March 4th. Oh, well, then it's going to be near Titanfall, and I'm not going to play it. I think it'll be well, before Titanfall, though, so you might be able to like squeeze it in for a week, a week and a half, and then... Uh, uh-huh. So is it actually a proper no. like RPG, as in hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of gameplay? Yeah, I don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. But Interesting. Um, moving from a game that I could probably wait to play to a game that I absolutely cannot wait to play... Uh, VGX, the first reveal they did at VGX was a collaboration between two studios, which is almost unheard of. And when you hear what these two studios are, you'll probably sit up and say, huh? Because Gearbox is collaborating with Telltale Games on a new game called Tales from the Borderlands. So basically, Telltale Games is being given the keys to the Borderlands castle to make story-based episodic content on Pandora in the world of Borderlands. So the revealed trailer showed off what looked to be like a young version of Handsome Jack and a young Moxie. And there was like Marcus was there and it looked like Borderlands and it sounded like Borderlands and it had the Borderlands humor and the Borderlands style. But it's going to be story-based, and it's going to be in the telltale vein of games. And I need to have this. It looks so <laughs> cool. It definitely dropped my jaw. Um, afterwards, you know, Randy Pitchford, and, and I believe that the head of Telltale Studio, whose name, I apologize, eludes me. But they were on the couch and chatting about how they're going to be working together and how incredibly excited they were. And how Randy Pitchford's like, yeah. We're the, we respect these guys so much. We're giving them assets. We're giving them tools. We'll be consulting on it. But we're letting them play in our world. And I thought that sounded so cool. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, so uh, as someone who's really not terribly interested in fables, this has me incredibly excited. I, I think it's cool because a lot of folks, like, I know for myself, when I played Borderlands, I loved the game. But I, I really thought, I never, I haven't played 2 yet, so I apologize if this isn't accurate of 2. Um, but I felt like Borderlands 1 really lacked a story. It had a lot of character. But... It wasn't story driven at all. There's there is much much more story in Borderlands okay. Two. Yeah, because it just to see Telltale who does story driven games that's their thing, and it's not that there's not stuff to play around with in Pandora. Even in playing Borderlands One, again, lots of character. Um, so there's, there's definitely lots to do. So I'm curious to see what they will do with it, and and it, it seems like from what they're saying that they're given pretty much free reign to run around in there as long as it fits the canon. So I'm sure we'll see some pretty cool stuff. Yes, I would totally agree. So that, as with most of these announcements, there were no platforms announced. Um, there were no release windows announced. It's mainly these guys coming out there saying, hey, we're doing this cool thing. You'll hear more soon. Um, but Telltale kind of stole the show uh, last night because not only are they doing Tales from the Borderlands, they're also doing the Game of Thrones. So they're going to be doing episodic content in George R.R. R. Martin's world. Uh, so they'll be doing Game of Thrones game. Uh, and again, very excited. Uh, I have not read the books, but I am very invested in the cable TV series on HBO. Um, the one thing I want to know when it comes to this Game of Thrones that they're going to be working on is how closely are they going to be working with the books? Or conversely, how closely is George R.R. R. Martin going to be involved in the story? Um, because I really want to know, is this going to be like supplementary tales to the things that we're seeing on the television show? Or is this going to be supplementary tales to the books? 
I know when it comes to The Walking Dead, they uh, Telltale did something really cool in that it kind of runs alongside all of these existing stories. But when you have a world like The Walking Dead, that's easy to do uh, because it's basically, you know, just depressing end of the world zombies are here. But Game of Thrones is a very, very heavy canon and very heavy lore. So I want to know how they're going to make this happen. It's almost the equivalent of if uh, they said they were going to be doing a Hobbit game or a game in Lord of the Rings. Like, that's kind of the equivalent. So I, I want to know what they're going to do here. Um, but it's really cool. Um, are either of you two invested at all in Game of Thrones? No. no. So I'm the nerd. Excellent. <laughs> I love being the biggest nerd on the podcast. <laughs> um. But let's, let's chat about something we all get a little nerdy about. Uh, Bungie showed up at VGX and showed off Destiny gameplay. And it looked Ooh. awesome. <laughs> um, I was uh, live tweeting from the TA account last night. And all I could say was, Dear Bungie, I'm writing the check. Just tell me where to send it. Because it had this perfect balance of pre-rendered cinematics along with gameplay it's that first-person style. It, it looks gritty, but also stylized and kind of fantastical. I am so on board with this game. I, I cannot wait. The And the sad thing is, I'm we're going to have to wait, because it's not coming out until the f- next fall. Wow. Which is... that That is kind of good in a way, in that we can all just get behind Titanfall. It's not going up against Titanfall, which yeah. I think was going to be the big concern, in that um, Destiny is, I think... That's is Destiny Activision's. I think. Well, as a publisher, yes. Yeah, Destiny mm-hmm. is Activision's publishing, whereas Titanfall is EA, I believe it's mm-hmm. EA. So right. yeah, yes. it's, yeah, it would have been so easy for those two behemoths to just say, "Here are our big games, pick one." But I love the fact that we're yeah. going to have you know, I think six months because Destiny's coming out yeah. in September, yeah. and September. Titanfall's coming yeah. out in right. March. So March. That mm-hmm. if they can stick with that cycle. I think everybody wins. Um, so, yes. Destiny. Bungie checks in the mail. Just tell me where to send it. Uh, other things that were announced. Uh, Ubisoft showed off. Um, they say they showed off the Division, which they did, but they really showed off the engine in which the Division is being made uh, mm-hmm. for the Xbox One, and it looks really cool. I, I feel like that's what I'm going to keep saying for all of these videos is that Wow, next-gen stuff looks really cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah. The Snowdrop engine looked glorious. Uh, it's obviously going to be running at, at 1080p. Um, the lighting looked wonderful. They, they showed off a realistic destruction simulator. Uh, it looks great. Um, so, it's another one of those games that looks next-gen. Um, so, yeah. Definitely check out all of these videos. Um, they're on the front page. Uh, so you can search for VGX 2013. They all have that prefaced. Uh, and then there were, let's see, three, actually four other videos, or five other videos. And I'll just kind of go through the next three pretty fast because they, I don't know how interesting they're going to be to everyone else. But uh, the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt trailer, again, looks glorious, looks very next gen. Uh, I'm a big nerd for the Witcher. It looked really cool. That that I should hopefully have my Xbox One in the springtime so I can play Titanfall, but The Witcher Three will be in there. Yay! Yay! Um, 
we got to see a gameplay demo, a very extensive gameplay demo for Dying Light, which is coming from Techland, who made uh, Dead Island. And some of the, the snark, snarkocracy that is Twitter said, wow, <laughs> the next Dead Island looks really cool. Yeah. We have comments like that in our um, thread, too. People saying, oh, Dead Island 3 looks great. And basically, I, I don't mean to say they're right, but they're kind of right. It looks looks like a next-gen version of Dead Island in kind of a bigger setting. Well, somebody um, in that thread also said it looked like uh, Dead Island with Mirror's Edge, right? Like a, yes. um, that parkour aspect. Um, and there doesn't, in theory, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I didn't like Dead Island that much, but I'm willing to give it another try if it has another twist to it. So why not? I, it It worked for them. Nobody expected Dead Island to be the kind of success it was, and it was a huge success for them. So if it's working, why change it? Right. And during that gameplay demo, they also uh, talked quite a bit about the day-night cycle and how this world is going to be, it's not going to be a static world. The world's going to keep evolving, uh, and it's going to be very large and in-depth. So if you're somebody who really liked Dead Island, you'll definitely want to be checking out Dying Light. Uh, Thief was actually shown off very extensively in the pre-show to the VGX. They got a whole 15-minute slot uh, in the pre-show warm-up where they interviewed the developers, they showed off gameplay, they talked a lot about uh, how the game is going to work, they showed off features. It was a really extensive 15-minute preview, so I I'm not going to get into it too terribly much, but if you were somebody who was intrigued by Thief, definitely check out the story. Uh, Punky Liar basically broke everything down granularly and wrote an amazing synopsis of what was shown off and embedded all of the videos that were shown. So if you were somebody who's excited by Thief, definitely check that story out. Uh, it hit late last night, so it may, if you're somebody who checks the site, you know, once or twice a week, you may need to check for it a little bit more, but definitely check it out um, because there was a lot of info there. Uh, the one big announcement that has me kind of excited but really I don't know how excited we're allowed to get is that Hello Games showed up and showed off their first feature for No Man's Sky which looks so cool it's a first person title and it looks kind of like a spiritual successor to like space combat games like X-Wing um, mm -hmm. it looked just glorious uh, they didn't sh talk about any platforms they didn't talk about any release date. Uh, it is important to point out, and, and Punky Liar actually noted this, that Hello Games is not in the first wave of developers that Microsoft announced for the ID at Xbox scheme. So if this game is coming to the Xbox One, we won't know when. Uh, but uh, it, it definitely got me incredibly interested. So it it's probably not going to resonate with a lot of people, but if you were somebody who liked space combat games definitely check that story out because with a name like no man's sky it doesn't really tell you much but that trailer really spoke volumes it looked so cool and i, I will definitely be following that development in earnest um, but the game that everyone wanted to hear about was titanfall so excited for titanfall one of my favorite people in the gaming world abby happy was there at vgx and she was there with vince zampella and they showed off more Titanfall goodness. They showed off um, two of the new Titans, the Ogre and the Strider, and I just want this game. I need this game in my life. 
this, I really hope that um, since it is going to be an exclusive to the Xbox One and Xbox platforms, I really hope a bundle comes out for the Xbox One with Titanfall because that I will, I would throw down money to pre-order that right now today. Yeah, that would make, it's a good way to move units. And that's about when we're going to see the next big wave of uh, consoles available because right now they're still, they're hard to acquire. I'm excited. That was my, you know, as I've talked about several yes. times, I've been playing a lot of not-so-great games yeah. over the last couple months. And uh, this week, I'm like, that's it. I'm pre-ordering Titan, Titanfall. I need something that's, that's just a big, excellent, well, hopefully excellent. We're, we're talking about the promise of the game now. That's just something that's going to be amazing and, and take your breath away and, and be finally that killer app and that thing that you need to have this console for, even though it's going to be on the 360. Um, just... It, it just looks like it's it's the same it's familiar concepts but it's so different still i just can't wait to see like actually try this thing and see what it plays like in reality plays good <laughs> oh that's right you've had some experience <laughs> i really yeah. hope i can get some hands on time with it before it comes out uh because i just i hear nothing but effusive praise for it and it mm-hmm. looks so good and i i, I gotta have it gotta have it um but that's kind of – those were the things that were shown off at VGX. Uh, my general editorial critique is that, yeah, the, the broadcast was kind of a dumpster fire again. Um, but that was mainly because Joel McHale tried crapping on everything and being too cool for school. If It just takes one little tweak. To make VGX really work and really be appealing, all it would take is to let Jeff Keighley be the host, be the voice. And even if you wanted to bring in somebody like Chris Hardwick, who, who's Nerdist – he would do a banging job of being an excellent co-host or like somebody who used to be on G4 maybe, or somebody who has experience on camera and talks about games. Those are the type of people that gamers would resonate with. Um, That would make it so good. And also cut the comedy sketches. They had comedy sketches interspersed in and they were absolutely terrible, incredibly unfunny, almost offensive. The only one that was even remotely good was the one Brewster Teeth contributed and that was even just more of a, a, a parody of an award show. And that was very meta and it was awesome. But aside from that, everything else about that broadcast that wasn't introducing games, talking with developers, showing demos, and showing off trailers was terrible. <laughs> um, so that's my ringing endorsement. It's not a giant <laughs> dumpster fire anymore. It's just a smaller dumpster fire that can be contained and managed. So hopefully they take that feedback because they obviously listened to the feedback from years previous and came up with this new format, which is as bad as it was, it's light years better than it used to be. So the best way to actually watch it is to wait until TA have just covered the uh, the main stories and watch the videos like that. Yep. Yeah, that's way to do it. But I mean, it was popular. It was trending worldwide on Twitter. So right. obviously people wow. did watch it, which is good because... When you take it off of television and put it purely streaming, um, you're splitting your audience down. But again, you're splitting your audience into the people who really want to see it. Who care about it, yeah. Right. Well, and that's hopefully in, in future years, that's that, that will lead them to change the hosting responsibilities. I think that's sort of the last thing they're holding on to. to, to gaming is mainstream. You don't need to take extra steps to make it attached to the mainstream so let let a gamer get up there and, and do their thing and the people who want to watch it are going to watch it and i just don't think they they quite got to that thinking in this year's iteration yeah so we'll put a nice little bow on vgx and we'll move on to some of the other big stories to hit the site it's obviously a slower time now 
we're kind of in the denouement of Xbox One hitting. <laughs> People are busy playing their games, getting familiar with their new console. Um, developers and publishers are kind of standing down from all the hype building and trying to get everything out. Uh, so it's going to be a slower time, probably until about January. But we did have some kind of announcements and stories hit. The first one I want to talk about is uh, Microsoft, obviously, I, I would say Microsoft put this out thinking of gamers like me, who are big gamers, but didn't find really much to love in the launch lineup. They actually released a video um, for the future Xbox One games, the games that are coming, that have been announced, that they're around the corner. And in this montage, you had games like the new Halo, you had Titanfall, you had Watch Dogs, you had The Division. You had Quantum Break and Sunset Overdrive and Fable Legends and Elder Scrolls Online and Witcher 3 and Titanfall and Dying Light. So just everything awesome that's coming in the next 6 to 12 months. And this video got me excited. This video made me say, I need to have an Xbox One so I can play these games. Um, but yeah, that I think it had, we had a ridiculous number of comments on this story. Uh, of people just saying, I can't wait for this game and this game, and I can't wait for this game and that game. And I know, Michelle, you were actually one of the first people to comment on it. Uh, where, uh, Why don't you tell us kind of what your thoughts were here? Well, um, I what, what amazed me about the video was, first of all, very, very effective, right? We got these, like, 15 to 20 second, if that much, clips of several games coming out, a long list, as you were just um, saying, and also um, detailed exclusivity. So it's a you know, exclusive to Xbox One or limited exclusive DLC content. So it was it was good in that way too because it didn't throw in your face like oh this is just Xbox One, but it, it was sort of like okay just to keep in mind you're not going to get this part of it elsewhere. But as I was watching it, so they they show Halo toward the beginning, and I'm like oh wow you know the new Halo. It's not something new, but just seeing it again. And then they showed Kingdom Hearts three. Um, I've well gone past playing Japanese RPGs that I last one I played was Lost Odyssey several years ago. But I got so excited for it, you know, the next gen and then Titanfall at the end. And it's just it's awesome to see all these things from different genres and different types of games and uh so that there's a little something for everyone and some of the stuff is exclusive and some you can get elsewhere so I can talk to my PlayStation friends about something like Kingdom Hearts. Uh, it's just such a great uh you know um encouragement for people who haven't been early adopters like listen we understand you're not here yet but there's so much stuff coming it, it's it's going to be awesome when you guys are ready to join the rest of us here in the next generation yes indeed uh so continue with the hype machine more hype uh speaking of hype um in the next couple of weeks depending on where you are on this big blue marble floating through the space we're going to have a big movie coming out um the Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug is coming, which who doesn't love saying Smaug? I say that tongue firmly from the cheek. cheek. Uh, but they're getting a game, Lego The Hobbit. Uh, it's going to be covering the first film of The Hobbit and The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. Uh, and it's going to be coming to Xbox 360 and Xbox One. Uh, it does not have a release date yet, but... You kind of expected this to be coming uh, since mm -hmm. uh, Traveler's Tales had a good relationship with those IP holders in making Lego Lord of the Rings. Um, it only yeah. makes sense for them to do Lego The Hobbit. Uh, they're they're great games by all accounts. I, I haven't played a Lego game, but I hear they're amazing. One of these you've not played any? No, I haven't. I keep oh wow. So someday I'm gonna find like a buy two get one free or buy three get one free deal, 
and I'll, I'll pick one up just because it'll be free. Yeah, you should. Uh, because I hear they are really cool. Uh, but yeah, I just, they're good. I, I kind of feel – I know we, we've mentioned this in previous podcasts that we're getting to a point where you know we're gonna, I'm going to be making the jump to the next gen soon. So I, I am searching for things to play for the next couple of months. But I also want to play, make sure I play all of the best things that mm-hmm. yeah. are on offer. So I know I need to get Grand Theft Auto Five, and uh, I need to finish up. Like I started Saints Row the Third, but I haven't really played it because I've been playing other stuff. Um, but yeah, so fans of Lego, rejoice! You'll have more chance to go to Middle Earth. <laughs> um, other news: uh, We are almost halfway through December by the time you listen to this. So December's games for gold were announced. Um, December 1st through the 15th, you are able to download Gears of War, which nobody has. Whoa. Get that. <laughs> uh, and then you can also get uh, Shoot Many Robots. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to take a minute here. I have both of these games. Microsoft is ripping me off. I want my free yeah, games that are good and popular, and I don't have because I deserve that. Um, you do. Um, I haven't got shoot many robots it's all right i uh we got i think we reviewed it officially for the site and i think we got like two copies like two codes uh because they wanted us to play some co-op while reviewing it so dog of thunder um wrote the main review and i actually played some co-op with him uh to kind of help him through that it's an okay game i mean three three stars stars. it's okay i mean it's free it's it's very mindless but it's it's fun. I mean, I've played it with um, actually with my GTSC team. We we played it together, um, and it it's good for okay. We we're gonna do a gaming session at ten o'clock, and it's nine thirty, and we have some time. Hey, you guys want to boot up Shoot Many Robots? All right, we'll do that for a few minutes, and and we'll play Shoot Many Robots. So it's it's fun in that regard, but not for like long periods of time. It because it just kind of gets you know samey after a while. But uh, the the fun part about it is in the items you collected. Take a moment and actually read the descriptions of things. Most of them are fairly humorous. So the guys who made this made the game clearly have a good sense of humor about them. They've actually worked with us before. They they did give us review codes. They've also provided many codes that we've used for Free Code Fridays before. So it's uh, Demiurge Studios, I think. Um, they they have been really great working with us and and helping us out. Um, and they actually confirmed in that idea xbox um announcement that they are working on shoot many robots for xbox one um that they're they're part of that that was one of the quotes that microsoft used so um it it's solid and it's fun but it's it's really not like a sit down and play for hours and hours kind of game but if you find a solid group of three other people and and you have a half hour to kill it's it's not a bad way to spend that time yeah so it's free i mean especially now that it's free if you're a gold member yeah so yeah well it will be it will be on the 15th um, or, no, the 16th. It'll be free. So, definitely grab yeah. it. I mean, you can play around with it. The completion might take you a while, because there are uh, achievements for killing 10,000 robots and reaching level 50, uh, which will take you a while. Um, but, yeah, I, I think even just playing it for review for a short time, I got almost ha- I got seven of the 12 achievements playing it for minimal time, so it was pretty good. Cool. Uh, and I think okay. uh, the last news item, just uh, the biggest sales of the year kind of have hit. Uh, we had Black Friday and Cyber Monday occur. Uh, so I just want to check and see if you guys managed to capitalize on any of these Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals. So, uh, Rich, I, I know you were probably busy coding. and Yeah, and we don't really have Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a very I, – I, I forget that it's very a very American thing, but I do know – 
I mean, they did have those digital sales on live. Um, yeah. Did you get any, pick up anything no. there? <laughs> no. Find was... Rich. Go to your I, look, I got four hours of sleep four nights in a row. I I was I was a zombie, and then I was just playing Xbox One. <laughs> so uh, I didn't even know. I didn't even know it was Black Friday. Okay, Michelle, did you pick up anything? Um, I the only game I acquired over the whole holiday period um, was Dead Space Three. It was a ten dollar lightning deal on Amazon yeah. a couple times over All that right, period. So um, and I I loved Dead Space One and Two. I've hesitated on three as much as I love co op. Temper your expectations. You know. Oh no, that's horrible! Don't say that before I get started. <laughs> hmm. um, no, no. What I'm telling you is, by telling you to temper your expectations, I'm lowering them, so you will I be will like, "This game wasn't that bad." Um, Whereas if I were to tell you, "Oh my gosh, it's awesome," you'd be disappointed. <laughs> I like I've said before that I, as much as I'm a big fan of co-op, introducing co-op to Dead Space Three is a little weird to me because uh, that's just not the way the series is. So um, I don't. I'm not going to jump into it in co-op. I'm actually just going to play the campaign on my own and see how it goes. Um, but that was that was it. I mean, there were good sales. There were a couple of uh, Xbox Live Arcade sales. I'm sad I missed out on. I think Mark of the Ninja was on sale, The Cave. Um, but I missed them. And you know what? With all the stuff I still have to play, it's all right. I've 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 moved on. It'll be okay. Well, if you ever do want to do co-op for Dead Space 3, I, I'm like you. I didn't quite get it. So I haven't even played any of the co-op. So if you want to oh. play co-op Dead Space 3, we can do that. All right. Well, we'll have to work that out, discuss that experience in a future podcast. Yay. Um, <laughs> I I was not terribly enamored by anything I found on Black Friday. I had my eyes hoping for th- certain things to go on sale, and none of them did to the extent that I wanted to buy them. Uh, but I did jump in on the Cyber Monday sale, so I did pick up Mark of the Ninja in mm-hmm. the special edition DLC for it, and then I also picked up Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. So I, oh, that was the other big one that yeah, people were picking up. I'm, I'm probably going to start on that tomorrow, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, just because... I'm a fan of 80s terribleness, and I think I'm probably going to love it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, excellent. Um, so, I, I know a lot of, like, retail <coughs> outlets are going to continue having weird, ridiculous sales from now until Christmas. So, keep your eyes peeled. We'll do our best to, uh, when we find those, put them uh, either on the front page or at very least we'll tweet them out uh, at our at True Achievements uh, Twitter handle. I know Manside typically handles all of our deal stuff. So um, we will be doing our best to make sure you are always involved or always informed as to when those sales are happening. But that brings us uh, into our achievement challenge for this month, which uh, CPH DXB challenged us to see who could get the longest achievement streak over the course of our time. So uh, let's start with Rich. Um, what, what did your achievement streak halt, halt out at? <laughs> I'm not actually sure, but I reckon I did a four-day one somewhere in the middle of it. Okay. Uh, w- when I was playing Need for Speed a lot, so that was pretty poor. That that is I pretty poor. Say. Um, <laughs> I you were actually doing things like yeah. coding yeah. for the site, though. I so I think we're going to have to forgive you that one. Yeah, sorry. Well, uh, Rich, my achievement streak. I got had one that went for 16 days. And the only reason it stopped was because I had to go home for Thanksgiving. Uh, so in those 16 days, I managed to pop 55 achievements worth 1,866 TA score. Uh, my ratio over that time was 1.76. So I wasn't exactly getting gimmies, but I wasn't exactly challenging myself. Uh, the games that I was popping them in were Bioshock 2, Bioshock Infinite, uh, which was pretty much exclusively Burial at Sea, 
Saints Row the Third, uh, The Bridge, which I uh, said I played for review, mm-hmm. and then also uh, Dunwall or not Dunwall Dishonored, playing uh, the Brigmore Witches. So I had popped a couple of achievements in the Brigmore Witches uh, during that time. So fifty-five achievements over sixteen days. Not That's your terrible. longest streak ever. That is my longest, but I did have uh, a streak of fifteen days where I popped sixty-seven achievements. Mm. Back in September of 2011. Uh, so that was probably when I took a couple of weeks off of work at the end of a summer camp season. And we should um, congratulate you on your 100k TA milestone that you Woo! got yes! that well. Woo! I'm finally six, six figures! <laughs> the long climb. I don't feel totally inferior on the site now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Michelle put us all to shame. Oh, yeah. boy. So well, since I failed every other achievement challenge, this had to be the one I had to step up in, I think. Um, so my current streak is 82 days. Um, and over 82 days, I have put up 1,200 achievements. I oh my. want to cry <laughs> just a little bit. 1,200. Uh, yeah, let me pull up those other lovely stats uh, Jay was sharing with us. Um, those achievements were worth... 36,439 gamer score. <laughs> and, um, That's more than a third of Jay's entire score. <laughs> well, and, and Shut his, up! We were, just, we were just celebrating Jay's 100,000 TA. I've put up, since September, 49,533 TA. Oh. Um, okay, this is what just happened. I just came home. Rich, if you were our dad, and Michelle and I were brother and sister, I'd be coming home with a letter saying, Dad, Dad, guess what? I got into Stanford. And Michelle would be like, oh yeah, I'm going to Harvard on a scholarship. <laughs> that is that is literally what just happened. Um, yeah, oh, I, I'm same. not going to bother listing the games I've played over that time because again, no, I will be quite upset with myself, and it will be yeah, it'll be ever. tomorrow for Rich, which it already <laughs> is, and uh, yeah, it would be or almost is. Um, but uh, interestingly, uh, that's not my longest streak I've had. My longest streak on site was 163 days. Um, that was at the beginning of the last GTAC, but over. Almost twice the amount of time I put up less achievements in that 163 days I put up 1,083 achievements. So it's it's been quite a lot of gaming over the last uh, few months. So I'm excited to kind of pull that back a little bit and just enjoy playing Dead Rising three for more than an hour. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you won't be able to play too much Dead Rising three because we what? have a new achievement oh, challenge yes. for next month. Uh, and it's so not about Dead Rising 3, you're saying? It's not about Dead Rising 3. Oh. Because, oh. Oh, hey, it is about one of the best games of our generation. Ooh, so well, we're not going to be suffering because Chewy on Ice, Newshound Extraordinaire, has challenged all three of us to get the Motherload achievement in Red Dead Redemption. The Motherload achievement requires us to get gold medals on all advanced co-op missions. So fortunately, I have um, the uh, Undead Nightmare disc so it has all the multiplayer stuff on it. And uh, all three of us are going to be able to do this. We're all going to try and do it together. But when it comes to doing co-op missions, we are going to need a posse. So we're going to set up a couple of sessions online um, where all three of us can get together and do this. And we're opening this up to members of the community. So if you want a game with Michelle, Rich, and I... Uh, we are going to put those sessions up. Uh, the only thing I'm going to ask is please be cool. Um, please don't <laughs> suck. 
And please be prepared to do the majority <laughs> really of the work. Gonna, we'll be doing that. our job. <laughs> we're yeah. going to need to be yeah. carried. Something yeah, we're going to need to be carried a little bit. Uh, mainly because I have not played Red Dead Redemption. Oh, gosh. I'd have to look to see the last time I played Red Dead Redemption. Actually, I can look. When you know, guys, time? before we do go after this achievement, we should do a free roam session. Yes. Yeah. We should get back in there and do a little orientation to Red Dead Redemption and uh, and then set up the day to go, or, or attempt yeah. one, at least, to I, go for this. <laughs> I just looked. I have not played Red Dead Redemption in almost exactly three years. <laughs> the last achievement I popped was on December 29th, okay. 2010. You're leading the posse. Yeah, let me see. I think... Um, Goodness, we did some kind of TA gaming day. Yeah, yeah we did. With Red Dead Redemption. We had a um, Xbox Live session. We had an Xbox no, we had an Live Xbox Live session. There was another. Session. We did a Newshound session oh, back yeah. when Jay and I started almost three years ago. But we did a TA session that was an Xbox yeah, Live sponsored uh, gaming night. Yeah. I think that's the last time I played it. I think that's before I really yeah, started talking too. to you, Rich, because you actually popped into our party but didn't say anything. And I was like, oh, well, I've never heard him speak either. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, 25th June was the last time I played it. 2010, <laughs> I, should, I should say. Oh, gosh. It's, it's over three years. Yeah, well, we definitely yeah. need to do a free roam session to reacclimate and yep. uh, shoot some horses. <laughs> yeah, punch, punch some horses. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that was, okay, inside joke, pulling back the curtain here. Um, when uh, Michelle and I were originally hired to be on the News Hounds, we got, as we said, a big News Hound session together. And the former news manager who hired both of us punched a horse. In the game. <laughs> and he said, we, we were going for the achievement to, like, ride on horseback across the entire map. And so we're waiting for sunrise, because you had to do it from sunrise to sundown, yeah. I think. And, and we're all standing around waiting. And he had helped me out, because I had a terrible horse, and he summoned his, like, amazing one. And so we're all standing. And he just starts punching everyone's horses in the face. He's like, I'm getting them ready. I'm getting them ready to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh... So, yeah, if, you, if we talk about punching horses, it's not because we're anti- horses or anything like that it's just a long old inside yeah. joke all right well let's uh thank you very much for for sending that in to us chewy uh, unfortunately since you are staff we can't give you a prize but the prize is the warm feeling you're going to get in your heart knowing that rich michelle and i are going to be doing your challenge and actually well, your prize is you can jump yeah in chewy with you can help. jump in with us and help right <laughs> let's uh let's move on to the mailbag we had a couple of uh, pretty good questions come in uh, Mystic Typhoon asked us, uh, so we know that last month you guys mentioned your personal favorite games of the generation. Now the question is, what game or games were the worst for you this past gen? <laughs> Let's start scraping the bottom of that barrel. Um, Jay, why don't you start? We usually start and you get some time to think. So I'm curious to hear uh, what, what's I your start? take. Yeah. All right. Well, I've already mentioned a couple of times um, how much... I did not like Alpha Protocol. Um, I really <laughs> did not like Alpha Protocol at all. And it was mainly because that game had such good promise and it was so terrible. Uh, so I'm looking at other games that I've given terrible reviews to. Uh, I've got Dragon's Lair on there, which I caught a ton of flack for that, but it's just not a good game um, by today's standards. Not a good game at all. Duke Nukem Forever, also not a good game. Um, if you're defending that game, it's because you're a Duke Nukem fan and you feel the need to defend it. That game was not good. Uh, Star Trek. Boy, oh boy, did Star Trek suck. Oh, man, <laughs> that game sucked. 
Oh god, it was so bad. Oh god. Rich, I still I'm still mad at you for suggesting we all play that. Oh man, I um, feel so bad about that. <laughs> yeah. Um so those are probably the as far as things I've rated, those are the worst games that I rated this gen. They're pretty much I think I have a couple of other games that I didn't actually those are the only games that I rated lower than 2 stars through this entire generation. Everything else had at least 2 stars for me. Um, let me see if there's anything I gave better than two stars to that I didn't like at all. Um, let me see. I did not like Dead Rising. I'm not a Dead Rising fan. I understand Dead Rising has an appeal, but I did not like it. Um, let's see. That's pretty much it. Everything else that I personally didn't like is just kind of like, that's just because it's me. Like, I didn't like Bayonetta, but I realized that Bayonetta is a great game. It's a fantastic game, but I just personally didn't care for it. Um, yeah, so those are mine, the, the games that I liked the least. So, um, yeah, you've you've not had the fun of getting deep into it, or not even deep, but even slightly into a GTA SC, but um, that, as Michelle knows all too well, that forces you to play games for easy gamer score that are not great games. And um, NCIS, I, I couldn't... It was just so boring. It's like a point... Point and click. Well, it's not even a point and click. You sort of walk around, pick up objects, and do really boring challenges. And you, I did the whole game using a guide, and it took about five hours. But it was just five hours of my life that I wish I could get back. Just <laughs> boring, boring game. And I'm going to throw an honourable mention in there for uh, just because I know how many people it it will annoy. Uh, Oblivion, because I just don't get why everyone loves it. <laughs> I just <can't. laughs> you know what, Rich? I, I gave Oblivion two stars too. I didn't. I didn't like Oblivion. I tried to get into it like three times, but I loved Skyrim. Okay. So, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll back and I'll say Skyrim as well because I am. Um... <laughs> 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 I've got one achievement in both those games, and um, I'm just never going to get any more than that. All right, Michelle, you're up. Okay, so I got the benefit of a couple extra seconds to think. So I'm going to pick one for retail, one for arcade, and one for phone. So here goes. Uh, re- Retail for me, as many people know already, Dead Island. Uh, just did not like it at all. And I played it in co-op, which is usually a saving grace thing. And we enjoyed it. We had a good time playing in co-op. But it wasn't because of the game. It's because we all were so bonded by the fact that it was terrible that we enjoyed that. Like, it, you know, we played the first night and two of our guys lost 10 levels worth of progress. And we're playing the next night and our car just disappears. So we're all floating around in the landscape with, with, I mean, it was just a buggy mess that didn't really get any support after that. I, I didn't really see the greatness of the story. I was playing Perna, who's the gun specialist character and the guns were like the worst thing ever. So I just wound up throwing them away and hitting things with cleavers anyway. I'm not a fan of dead Island um, for arcade dead space ignition. I like Dead Space and I like the canon. That wasn't really a game. It was just sort of a let's play random horrible mini games that don't really work three times so we can finish all the achievements. Thanks, guys. Um, and on the phone, um, Assassin's Creed Altair's Chronicle was terrible. Just the controls were really bad. And they, they need to – I understand they're trying to make it work, but the virtual joystick thing just – doesn't i haven't played a game where the virtual joystick really works i know it limits what you can develop 
So I get not wanting to make your game a rail game. Like Rayman Jungle Run is brilliant, but it's a rail. So, you know, you're not worried about all that mobility. It just, they haven't found a way to make it work. And that game is definitely one that suffers mm. because they tried I to make those. it exist in a 3D environment. It just, yeah. it, it doesn't yeah. work. And it was painful to play and I was glad to have it off my phone. Um, so those are the worst for me. Well, that was quite a list. I uh... None of them were from GTSC though. And none of them were games I played in the course of that. These were games I played otherwise. So I, sometimes you just play some stinkers. They just don't attach to you for whatever reason. And, and those those were it. All right. Well, thank you for sending that question to Mystic Typhoon. Uh, Machine Snipe 72 asks, Would you ever consider doing an achievement of the day? Basically, a random achievement is chosen and posted for people to try and get. Uh, I know we discussed this kind of before we started recording. Uh, and... Mm. Yeah, we, we like, like the idea. idea. So yeah, it's a great idea, and we can generate so many stats from it. It's just so exciting. Yeah. So Rich's head was just exploding with possibilities. It did. So yeah. uh, once things <laughs> kind of start to calm down a little bit, what we're thinking about doing is trying to do this like a weekend feature. Like on Friday, we post the achievement of the weekend, um, and then see how many people can get it over the weekend, uh, and we'll go from there. So uh, excellent suggestion, there, Machine Snipes. We will be acting on that. Um, and then the last question to close out the mailbag. I gotta say, there's a special place in my heart for Chewy on Ice right now. Because not only <laughs> did he give us an awesome achievement challenge, but he asked us an awesome question. Uh, if you could get any single piece of gaming hardware, software, or memorabilia from the entire history of gaming in your stocking this year, what would it be? On my wish list, and I actually wrote about this in the uh, TA gift guide this year is uh, BioWare, on their website, they have N7, so Mass Effect-themed rocks glasses for, like, whiskey and and whiskey-style drinks. I would like those. I think those would be fun. Um, But then again, also, Bethesda just opened a store, and there's tons of cool stuff on the Bethesda store. Uh, But I'm going to keep it simple. Those glasses, they're relatively cheap. I've wanted them for a while. My wife tells me I already have too many whiskey glasses, which means I'm a drunk. Um, but I'm okay with that. So I, I kept it simple. That's kind of what I went with. Um, what are you guys feeling? What, what's the what's the thing you want the most? <laughs> right um, with all the new gadgets that I've got, I'm going retro. And um, unfortunately, I've got rid of... I don't know why I did this, but I got rid of all the old um, games machines that I've had over my life. Um, and I'm only just now starting to think, isn't it, wouldn't it be cool to go back and, and rebuy or at least re, reacquire um, all the old things I used to have and, and then display them somewhere? Um, so I've got, I've now got an Atari 2600, thanks to Hankford, who got me one last year, um, which was my first gaming console. The second games machine I had, which was a, a sort of mini PC, was the Sinclair ZX Spectrum 48K. Uh, so I've poured a whole lot of hours into that console and one of the games I played the most was a game called IK Plus which was International Karate Plus uh, so I would like a ZX Spectrum 48k with the wow. keys and a copy of IK Plus. That's super specific good job. Alright, Michelle what do you want? Um, okay this was actually tough because you're talking the entire history of gaming there's so much um, one thing I would like to get in, in any form of a specific example I can think of there were like I've said before, my big love for gaming before the Xbox was Japanese RPGs. Um, and it actually prompted me to go take Japanese and all that when I was in college. 
But what I would love to actually have possession of is these um, some of these games where the translation happened but never was released. So the one that came to mind is I'd love if they had ever actually produced it. I'm not sure they did, but I know they translated it like a copy of Earthbound Zero. I don't know how many people who listen to this podcast are familiar with Earthbound, but it's an absolutely wonderful uh, RPG that was out on the Super Nintendo. Real quirky sense of humor. Um, did some cool things that I wish RPGs did. Like if you walked into a dungeon and the enemies were way weaker than you, you would automatically win the battle and just keep going. You didn't need to stop and have a fight with them. Um, and and it just it it was just really cool and kind of different. And Earthbound Zero actually was translated and they, they finished it and then the Super Nintendo was announced and they kind of just decided never to release it. And if there was a copy of that that I could get and plug into an NES somewhere, that's what I'd want to have so I could play a translate. The fan translations are great, but actually sit down and, and play the game on my NES in that translated cartridge. I would love to be able to do that. Cool. So yeah, that was uh, that was a great question. It actually caused me to pull up my Amazon wish list. And I did the terrible thing. I'm like, wait a minute, there's there's stuff missing. And then I realized, oh, somebody's been Christmas shopping for me. So now I know like five things I'm getting for Christmas. Oh, no. I'm like, no. It backfired. But you also know that you're getting them, which is nice. Yeah, like you won't get lowered expectations, right? Like, so your expectations are, are where they should be. And you know what you're not getting. So you won't be disappointed when you don't see them under the tree. Correct. All right. Uh, well, things gamers can expect uh, possibly coming under their tree in the form of game releases, uh, we have uh, a, just a couple of them in December and January. A lot of stuff isn't really fleshed out yet. Uh, we do know at some point this December, Halo Spartan Assault is supposed to arrive uh, via digital download for 360 and Xbox One. Uh, Assassin's Creed Liberation HD is going to be coming on January 15th. And my personal favorite, Dragon Ball Z, Battle of Z, from Z Germans. <laughs> is going to be coming out January 28th. Um, I really should not make fun of those games because I know some people love them. Uh, is it Dragon Ball Z in other territories? Yes. Or is, is Z... So is it Z in the UK? Well, we don't pronounce... The last no, letter of the I didn't think so, but you said Z yes, so... For, for some people, right? Yeah. Exactly. Right, right, right. Right, okay, so... For correct people. For, oh, oh. Oh, really? <laughs> says says, says the man whose culture has an extra vowel to the word aluminum. Yeah, aluminum. Yeah, there, there's, no, there's, no, there's no I in, in aluminum. I'm, next to you, it's not there. You can't even spell color right. Oh, oh really? Oh, Uh-oh. we're so we're so thrown down. We're, we're going we're gonna to take this to Titanfall. I, I will punch yeah. your horse yes, in, in Red Dead. This is going to happen. Is that a euphemism? Uh, no, tragically not. I'm literally going to find your horse in Red Dead and I'm going to punch it in the face. Um, we've reached the point. I think Rich is beyond gone. He's slappy at this point. I've got to go to the gym soon. You're going to get... <laughs> what, are you waking up? Oh, well, it is past midnight your time now, so you probably are going to yeah, go to the gym soon. You're just going to pull an all-nighter on a Sunday night? Yeah, I might do some coding. <laughs> time for Daisy to wake up and need some daddy time. So. Yeah, man. Well, he's got to get that achievement of the day challenge going. So, um, oh, yeah. get to work. Yeah. Got to have that ready oh. for the weekend. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Well, let's let's uh, <laughs> let's wrap this up. So, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, as I mentioned, we are at True Achievements. We also have a Facebook group and a Google Plus circle, so you can join us there. Uh, you can actually look for us on MySpace now. <laughs> <laughs> We're not there, but you can look. <laughs> I will never be there. I still have my vendetta. No matter how many times Jack Black messages me. Um, thanks once again to Dave and the Kinetic 
for providing our music. Uh, and I think that's about it. So I, I want to wish you all a very happy end to your 2013 mm-hmm. and yeah. a very joyous beginning to your January 2014. Um, the next time you hear from us, it will be 2014. We will be coming to you Ooh. in the future. Yeah. Wow. So on behalf of Rich, True Achievement, and Michelle Matrark, I am OSU Blue Jacket, otherwise known as Jay, wishing you happy holidays from the entire team here at True Achievement and a happy new year. Uh, we will see you back here in January. Yeah.